Yes, again, once again, we have liftoff. It's Big Truth for the Big Truth Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening today. Um, and today I got a very special guest, my brother from New York. You might know him from Murphy's Law. You might know him from the B&B Takeover radio show. It's none other than the infamous Jimmy Gestapo. What's happening, brother? What is up, Tooth? How are you, brother? Good, man. Good. And I, we just had a little mini uh, podcast before the podcast, just shooting the shit. So I felt like we the had a good because <laughs> of the warm up. We got the momentum going, but uh, but yeah, you know, obviously we're still in the midst of this COVID shit, so we're doing this over the phone rather than in person. But Jimmy is definitely in the top three people that I've really wanted to interview and, and do face-to-face. So we're definitely going to have you on oh, again thanks. when we can do face-to-face, man. I mean, we just got it. Because, you know, it's, it's it's a whole different game when we're sitting in front of each other drinking and fucking having a good time. And I know that'll yeah, be... I'm usually, I, I'm usually already drunk. That's why I missed it last time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right, dude. Um, but yeah, man, so you're, you're, how are things going on for you out in Queens? Just fucking boring, dude. Not No work. Yeah, you know, no, you know, no singing, no singing. I, I no bars, and I singing bars. So there's no bars, no work. Yeah, getting, no. getting worried about, you know, what what I'm going to be doing soon because I'm running out of my savings. Because even before this, I was uh, just getting back into playing again after my my health problems. So I and I haven't done construction since since the hospital broke my dick a year yeah. and a half ago. Yeah, so, yeah. I know, it's, dude. It's been rough, dude. Yeah, man, it's like fucking, uh, fucking, just keep getting fucking sucker punches to the head with the shit, man. Fucking dude. Um, and on top, well, the good thing is, right? Like, well, it's not really a good thing, but hopefully, when this stuff gets fucking lifted and people can f- go into uh, establishments again, um, I know not everyone, not all of them are going to make it, but hopefully, there's some new bars that come out and you'll get some work on the construction end of things, man. But fucking yeah, I think people are gonna also want to just go out and get fucked up and go crazy again. That's I'm yeah. sure everybody's sitting sitting at home pretty pretty antsy right now at this point. Absolutely, and, and uh, yeah, dude. And you know what? On uh, speaking of the music thing, like I can't think of a better thing to do to celebrate the reopening of everything than than a good fucking Murphy's Law tour, Murphy's Law show, man. Because it, it, everyone's gonna need that stress relief and the fun and just like the fucking the hecticness of a Murphy's Law show. I, so hopefully you guys get some and the and the, ger- and the spreading of germs. Yeah, that too. <laughs> as that as that uh, bottle of Jägermeister goes around the club and comes that, makes- that last show in Boston, dude. <laughs> if we didn't get it, then we ain't getting it. That's what I was like. Well, this, this was it. That was that was I think our last show before. Yeah, the world ended. I know. When was that? Because wow. because it was like I remember that, and it was still one of those things where it was like they had just started telling people not to go out, but it wasn't like kind of mandatory yet. Nothing was shut down yet. It was in I March. Just came back from Japan. They were telling us not to go to Japan. We had to change our flights. We were supposed to fly into uh, into Korea. Into Korea? No, we were supposed to fly into Hong Kong. And they were like, "Nope, you can't fly into Hong Kong." I'm like, "Well, we're going to change our flights then." We flew right right. Uh, I think we flew Chicago and then from Chicago to, to to Japan. Yeah. But even then, people are like, "You're crazy going to Japan." I'm like, "Everybody wears masks there already." I yeah. mean, I've been going there since '95. I think. Yep. And they, were, you know, that was the first time I, I witnessed people in the street wearing masks, and that was because if you have a cold, you wear a mask so you don't spread the germs. 
Yeah, they're very, they're a very polite society over there. I've, I only went once, but that was uh, 2005. And I did yeah. that exact flight. We flew from Boston to Chicago, then Chicago straight to Japan. And that's that's a fucking motherfucker of a flight right there, dude. Oh, I've, done it, I've, done it, I've done it straight there, which is which you don't get off the plane at all. You just keep drinking. <laughs> you just keep drinking. <laughs> like that's yeah. Xanax, too. <laughs> well, yeah, what I, what I find is that drinking in Xanax is, is a concoction for travel that I call time travel. Because uh, you, that, that, you just that's, you know, it's, I, they should give it to you when you get on the plane. They, they give should give you a drink and, and, and a small Xanax. Yeah, a little bar of Xanax and a drink, and then you just wake up. You're in a different place. It's like a different time. You 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 you, you know, you just you just time traveled. <laughs> so, so, uh, I've, I've actually done that. I did before I knew what, what a Xanax bar was. I thought it was one big weird pill. It's actually four, and I took a whole I took a whole Xanax bar, and luckily I didn't have to change planes. I woke, I got on the plane, took the pill out of vodka and orange juice. I had the stewardesses waking me up in an empty 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 plane, going, Mister San, Mister San, you okay, Mister San? I was in Japan. I fell Jesus. asleep in, in New York. I woke up in Japan. That's fucking odd. You woke up on a different continent and a different on a different day. You like because because I was. Fucking still wasted too, so they, they had to escort me off the plane. And, and luckily, I wasn't doing anything that night. Yeah, <laughs> the last time I flew to Mexico City, Dan gave me a uh, edible. And uh, I, I just can't do weed edibles. They, they hit me too fucking hard, dude. I and and um, I just process it different. And um, because I was like, man, dude, I fucking hate flying. He's like, yeah, take this. And I took the edible. And literally, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna get on the fucking plane. Be able to get on the plane, dude. Because I went into like a full, fucking full blown psychedelic trip. And then I couldn't move. Yeah, I, I panic on if it's too much. I get panicky. Oh yeah, dude. Dude, I was looking down at my arms, and I like. I couldn't move them, and then they were like, there was all kinds of squiggly lines running around. It looked like, remember that aha video take on me where it was like, like they were drawn and it was all squiggly lines moving? That's what my whole field of vision looked like. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. I ain't. And you had to get on a plane. Yeah, to Mexico City. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, dude. And then I like had like a whole hangover the next day from like a weed hangover, and I've never had that. Yeah, weed hangover is bad. Yeah, it was, just, it was just bad news, but I was like, I am never fucking with one of these edibles again because there's, there's too much. I've only fucked with them a couple times. One time, stress gave me them some, some and uh, at the at the bowl, and I was like fucking fucked up across the at that bar across the street from uh, from the uh, <laughs> at, for like six hours, and Ko had to watch over me. I like missed like a half a day, and then uh, that so, happened to me at the bowl with the with the shit dab. Somebody gave me a dab. You ever tried dab? I'm like, no, nah, I never tried a dab. I said to me, I'll do it, and it, it was like. Every bong hit I ever did in my entire life all at once. I couldn't, I missed three bands and I couldn't move. I had to have people help me get off. Yeah. I was fucking, that's like super, that's too much. It's super pot. You know, I like, I oh, like yeah. pot and plant. Yeah, pot yeah. Plant. You roll yeah. it, you break it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are doing too much weird shit with it now. It's it's too much. It's too much. Super hippies, man, freaking out. No wonder it's fucking retards like eating pod pod with the the soap things, pod the Tide pods and shit like that. (laughs) You feel so stoned, you do some that stupid. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Fuck yeah, dude. It's so fucking ridiculous, man. But fuck, dude. Um. So yeah. So that was the last. That was the last. That's the last show I've been to as well, and then like literally all the shit started really firing off the next week, and um and then uh, I think that was the last show. That was like the last show. Was, yeah. I don't think there was any more shows of Boston at that. I, no, no, yeah, I literally think that was like the the last minute of the last day, the last minute, and the last second you could have a show. You guys were you're just getting off, <laughs> and it was like 
you know the the you know uh, like you know you could tell everyone was a little sketchy in the crowd and the the, the crowd wasn't like I know that the pre-sales like like they had pretty decent pre-sales but like a lot of the pre-sales didn't even show up and and yeah, you know people pe- panicked fucking you know yeah. if, if you're going to die if I didn't die yet from germs and shows I'm not going to die even now from germs the pandemic germs it's yeah like, I've been to fucking disgusting places in Germany and in Europe in the in the in the early 90s it's like squats the dog <laughs> shit on the stage and you know if I didn't get fucking anything I'm not going to get anything now I don't, I don't want to sound like that cocky asshole but you know, you build up a tolerance to everything. Never mind the disgusting bathrooms and shit. You know, oh, yeah. you, you got to be around germs. You got to have a strong, a, you know, a, a strong immune system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like all those memes going around. Like they show CBGBs or the rat and said, if you ever went to the bathroom in this place, you you will you're automatically immune to COVID. And it's true, man. Like, well, you the, see, you ever see the picture of me on the toilet in CBs? There's a picture oh, of me on the toilet. Yo, yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> awesome picture too. That's fucking hysterical. <laughs> it, and it was all the the CBs toilet was just so funny because the the it was like a little throne. You know what I mean? <laughs> just the well, you weren't like, shitting in that one if you had to go. You go right into the girls' bathroom where, oh, yeah, where they yeah. had they had a door. Yeah, no, no, obviously, yeah. You, you got to do what you got to do. Girls don't piss on seats either, so it's it's uh, not all the time. I don't, know, I don't know, I don't know, man. I worked in the bar. I worked as a, a bouncer and in, in, uh, stuff for years, and there was plenty of times we had to go get people out of the, the women's bathroom, and those those places can be just as disgusting as the men's room. But yeah, when chicks get drunk, they they uh, they lose aim, they have trouble aiming too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what it is? They probably uh, they probably uh, they they probably haven't fully seated yet, and uh, and they and it's it's already going before they uh, before they anchors down. You know what I mean? Um, the old the old hover the old hover and spritz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and and there is people that don't want to sit on a, a public toilet seat, so they got to do what they got to do. They hover or they stand on the end and fucking well, I don't know whatever the fuck they do. But um, ah, try try going on tour and doing that every day. Your legs, you wind up with legs like the like uh, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Well, it, well, not in Japan because Japan has like the super fucking awesome like fucking new age ah, fucking toilet. Didn't you buy one? Total washlet, dude. Total washlet. And it plays music. It washes your butt. It, uh, the seats heated, the whole, the whole night, and and the, next to the the thing is uh is a, is a sprayer thing to to spray the seat and clean it, and and men don't piss on seats there. When you piss, you lift the seat up and you piss. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So did did Shitty, you did any conversation what happened? No, it's all right. <laughs> it went right to, right down right down to the gutter. But did did you uh didn't you buy one when you got back because you were. <laughs> You're so no, I, I gotta, I gotta have my electrical. I have to have cut set up the electrical. You need an outlet next to your toilet to have it. Oh, okay. So you, cause you gotta pl- you gotta plug it in to heat the water and to run the pump. Yeah, I get you. I yeah. guess Roger's got two of them, but he's got smaller ones. I want the fucking full blown, you know, crazy. <laughs> I want it, you know, I want it all. I want the the to dry, blow dries your ass, which it does. <laughs> it's got an air filter. I want the whole fucking thing. If I'm gonna do it, I'm going. If yeah. you're gonna go, go big, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Roger has a, a saltwater pool too, which is was always like he was the first dude I ever knew that had a saltwater pool. Coming from the guy that used to live in a van, a van and shit in a coffee, he's gone. He's gone. He's come, he's come a long way. <laughs> a long way. <laughs> that or the or the or the or, or the squats. You know what I mean? But um, oh, forget it, man. The stories that I could tell oh, when yeah. I walk till I write my book and get him back to talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, boy, that's just, yeah. This chapters, boy, when they. He was living in the van on every way. Forget it. Oh yeah. Well, dude. it shows you know you could come a long way with uh, with hardcore music. Yeah, man. And <laughs> dude, sometimes like 
backstage, like listening to him and Vinny tell some of some of their tour stories are fucking you know, the shit that we all could get away with years ago compared to now. You know what I mean? It's just it's 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 amazing that in our lifetime the world has changed so much, and you don't until you really sit back and think about it. You you don't realize it. Like in the eighties and nineties when there wasn't cell phones or like cameras everywhere, like things were just yeah, more instant, fucking wild. Rat style. box in your hand, you could immediately rat on somebody and, yeah. and uh, or or be, become popular with this little nerd box. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and that's that's the thing too. Is like you know, for us, if someone's popular as on as you call it, the little nerd box, like that doesn't mean anything. But I think to the kids that are coming up now, that means everything, and that's fucking weird, that dude. It, it's not how many, real how many likes you got. Yeah. yeah, I don't give a shit about any of that. Like you know, like yeah. it's to the point where like I know there was like a bunch of tattoo artists, uh, local tattoo tattoo artists that got called out because they found out that. They were buying followers. Like there's like services like where you can buy followers. Oh yeah, you could do that. Totally do that. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like who the fuck? Why would yeah. you even do that? Who gives a shit? Like if if yeah. and it's like you. So you pad your followers, but it's not people that really care about what you're doing. So they're not supporting your business in any means. It's just a little ego boost for you to show. Look, I got forty seven thousand yeah, followers. I don't, care if, I don't care if you like me. Just buy a fucking t shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather have ten. I'd rather have five thousand followers that like actually really support than 400,000 that are, are just fake yeah. like who fucking cares dude so it's ridiculous true, but dude i mean and, and just getting back to to that where you're talking about like old new york stuff like like you are one of like the fucking you know for lack of a better word and like even as ian you know ian was like got, made that movie godfathers of hardcore like you're a godfather of new york hardcore man like you've been around since like the get-go man and 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 historically the things you've seen or been through like is is incredible and i know just hanging around in new york city just walking around with you half the time you're like oh yeah right over there that was this and fucking over here we did that and over there <laughs> like you should be doing the walking tours and making the money off that shit man but like um but fuck that's john, that's john joseph he got that going. No, I know he he got that hustle going before you could. But but I mean yeah. I mean fucking uh you know what what you know like just kind of kind of go back into it for people that don't know like you know and and I'm sure I'll learn a lot from this. Like going back to the early days, like how did you even find your way into punk and hardcore? Like what 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 was like the path that led you in, into that? You, you just know? look for the kid that looked different, and and you ask if you saw if you saw a kid that that looked that had a whack and had spiked hair and a leather jacket with bands on it, you, you talk to him. It was like uh you know hey what's going on anything going on you know it was like word of mouth. Oh when, no, when no. I was really young. Oh, good, good. oh no no, and I remember that too. Like I remember when I knew any anybody that was in the that lived in Massachusetts that was in the punk rock or hardcore. Like I pretty much knew every single fucking person because it was so small back in the in the eighties. And but but like, what even got you into it in the first place? Like how did you like you know like like what was like just guys and then Doug Doug uh, Doug from um, from the Chromags Doug Lazito or Doug Doug Holland. He uh, he was in a band called Apprehended, a punk band. And he lived uh, like two blocks away from me. And we, we, all the kids in the neighborhood, we talk on like walkie talkies and CB radios. That was the way, kid, that was what we did back in the day. And Doug would like blast uh, like sex pistols and stuff on the CB. And, uh, and we started hanging out and, uh, and he, he, he was hanging out with these older like kids that were like really punk rock, like crazy punk rock, and, you know, swastika shirts and uh, like Sid Vicious uh, chains and the whole shit, like the whole like 70s punk look. 
Yeah. And it was this guy, Alex, and his girlfriend, Belza, who was hot. <laughs> and they had a band called Apprehended. And that was my first, like, uh, live uh, thing of seeing uh, punk rock. And that was pretty much sold. You know, there was... Uh, there was girls, there was interesting people, there was music, you know, it was like, it was like a whole, whole new, it, it was a whole new thing, you know, right, right then it was, it was a whole new thing, and, and, and it was pretty, uh, you know, attractive to a fucking 13-year-old kid, you know, I'm like, holy shit, I, I gotta get into this. Yeah. <laughs> find out more. What what year was that, like, the, you know, when you first started getting a... a... 19, 1942? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it was like 19, had to be 1980, 19, yeah, 1980. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, that's fucking super interesting because I remember when we were kids, we had walkie-talkies. That's like the OG cell phone, like, you know? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, the kids in there, everyone would buy, like, the fucking kind of ask for the same one for, like, Christmas or whatever or, like, save up or whatever. The, real, to... the realistic three-channel. We, <laughs> yeah, real, yeah, we had realistic yeah. three-channel. Yeah, realistic. Remember, I'm so old. I remember CB when it only had 23 channels. Then it went to 40 channels and the whole world opened up. It was yeah. like, whoa, 40 channels. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. That's yeah, fucking crazy. That was crazy. the way to communicate for to your block when you had to go home. You know, you had to be home at dark. So then everyone, you couldn't go on your parents' phone. So everyone got walkie-talkies. And, every, you know, so you, you get two blocks. That's fucking rad. So, so you're the... Well, that's, f- that's what we've had much to talk about anyway at our age. But <laughs> whatever. It was like, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? You know? Yeah. Well, you want to meet up? Yeah. What time? Yeah. yeah we, we're we going to meet up in the same place anyway. But yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing that before life before cell phones is you had to know where and when you were meeting up because otherwise you were asked out and you were playing, trying to play catch up and find everyone all night. Um, but dude, fucking. So you're the first person that I've talked to. Like most people are like, oh, I had an older brother sent me tapes or my my old uh, my my uncle or I or for me, like I heard it on like the college radio station. So you're the first person that I think found punk rock or hardcore through someone playing it over a CB radio. <laughs> Fucking walkie yeah, talkie. Yeah. Well, it wasn't on the airwaves for, for us, but yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man, dude. And, and I mean, never mind tour, tried touring before GPS and a, and a phone and in your pot in your hand and stuff. It was like tour was like, you know, we used to tour with a map or a map, a map and no, and no phone. No, no, not even a before fax machines. Even it was like, Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, you know, that, that, that could only go worse if the wheels were made of wood on the van. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you had, but it was like, you'd have to call the promoter, the promoter's mom and find out where the kid put on the show and get touch your name and find out where to go. It was like, Oh yeah. Uh, it was a mess, dude. I, I remember stuff like that. You, did you have a Rand McNally, uh, 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 road Atlas? Like the, for, uh, that, no, I had the, the paper shit, dude. The Rand McNally book one, that was fancy shit, bro. That was expensive. Oh, uh, dude, I Once had... Once I got older, I got the book one, the truck driver one. Yeah, that's what I had, man. When we, we used to go, like, you know, even in, like, the early days of Chophead, which was, you know, like, 2001, you know, cell phones weren't what they are now, or GP, there wasn't yeah, yeah. GPS, so we still used the map to get to, sh- like, oh, we're going to go to this show and wherever, or we're going to go pick up this bike, uh we would map out the routes, dude, like with with the fucking atlas, dude. It was fucking crazy, you know? What was the thing that they had? The disco map. It told you how much further you had to go. You, you just turn the wheel. It was like New York to Chicago. You turn the wheel and it would, it would say like the, the mileage and how long it would take. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, remember that thing? It was a wheel with a book, disco map. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I have that, but I, I, I remember seeing that before. But yeah, so... <laughs> So, but like Murphy's Law, like didn't so you you started getting into punk right around like like early nineteen eighty early eighties like and Murphy's Law didn't yeah, yeah. come about too much longer after that, right? 
Like, I mean, not I, too much longer, nah. Like what? Nah, yeah, nah, it was 80, 82, 83, or 80, yeah. Yeah, 80, 82, 83, 83, 84, I think it was. And, and literally on New Year's Eve. Yeah. You know? That's awesome, man. And I remember I saw footage, and I'll, I'll uh, talk to you about the source afterwards and, and, and everything, and I think we've already kind of talked about this, but I saw footage of an old A7 show, which would, must have been 82, 83, and it was you guys, and you and you were like kind of hosting the show, and like Beastie Boys was still a punk band, and they played, and a couple other ba- like AF played with, and you know, and and uh, uh, yeah, and I was I was talking like uh, the, like I was talking like a retarded kid, like hey, yeah, everybody, <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, and I, that's the one where I did the Void cover, yeah, I, I sang yeah, I sang Void with, and that was with the Psychos, I think, and then Agnostic Front played. Yeah, 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 and that was like filmed for like some TV. There's new footage out now that some somebody put out that's I think even older than that of uh, Urban Waste with the original singer Urban Waste. That's That's awesome. Yeah, because I think that was like recorded for some like TV show or something like that. Like they did a little. That was you know some NYU college kids. A lot of college kids would come to shows and film stuff, and I'm lucky enough uh, they did because there's that footage now. So pretty funny, pretty funny to see it. And that's that's pretty much the oldest and best footage there is of, of of New York shit. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know was... DC back then, those kids, you know, those kids came for money. So when they come for, from shows and stuff, they'd all they show up, with, take a pictures and, and like super eight filming. And I'm like, well, what are you documenting? You know, we're documenting us like having fun. You know, yeah. I never got, I never got why people would document it back then, but they had the foresight to know to take pictures of it. I was like, why? I you know back then it was like for me like when you are a punk show or a punk kid to have pictures taken during the show was like. Like fucked up. Why? Why trying to exploit us? You know yeah. <laughs> that kind of that kind of ignorance. Like, what are you doing, man? Who are you? Who is that guy taking pictures? It was always like, if you didn't know who was taking pictures, they would get fucked up. You know, what are you exploiting <laughs> us? <laughs> Fuck yeah! No, no, I know, man. I I got in. I got in a little later. I started going to shows more like '85, so I got in a little bit later. You know, I missed kind of that first wave. But it's funny how like. All the all the scenes had their own like, especially the early '80s. The shit I missed, like everyone kind of had their own little vibe. Like you said, like New York was like more squats and fucking craziness like that, and fucking you you know like the DC kids were like you know sons of like senators or whatever. Had a little 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 better off, and you know I know the Boston guys like because they were all hockey dudes and stuff. Everyone would be like, oh, the Boston like fucking like SSD dudes like jocks and shit. Like I know they always said that shit, and and you know whatever, but. Yeah, 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 and and uh, and so it's just funny to see like how everyone had their own little kind of like, f- you know, flavor to things like. But um, and then you know that's that- where we were growing. That's where we were growing up. That made us who we are, and and you know, and the flavor that we had. So yeah, but it's cool that, that years later it all it all gelled together, and we all became one big mess of. I'm, I'm fat. I'm fat, angry guys. Yeah, one, one <laughs> fat, grumpy guys. One big uh, dysfunctional family. <laughs> so it's true. So, <laughs> so how like how did uh how did like Murphy's Law come about? Like what what um what kind of led to the formation of that band? And I know it's you know you've gone through. I mean, you know, fuck, dude, 82, 83, it's fucking 2020. You guys are still fucking rocking, dude, like fucking and, and still having a fucking blast. Like, so, like, what led wow. to the formation? I, I, of I wish right now, but. Oh, I know. I, this, 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 the super sniffles put us out of business for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the super sniffles. But, like, I. Yeah, I mean, my man. It's no joke. It's no joke, but I, you know, but it, it is, it's enough of this. Let's, let's get out. Let's get out of our houses. Stop hiding at home. You know, we, how long are we going to hide at home for? 
Yeah. You know, it's crazy. But yeah, the, the early days with the band was like me and Harley. That was Harley and me just trying to goof around and be like, what can we, you know, what can we do to be stupid and have, make fun of stuff and you know because everyone is too serious you know yeah AF singing about you know singing about all all you know the street and the government and all everybody and everybody was singing about the government the street and angry and and pissed off and i was like we're singing about beer and pussy and having fun and <laughs> yeah so silly shit make fun of everybody and you know it's a, li- a little bit of levity to this uh to this heaviness you know yeah we are, everybody knows the government sucks already okay and don't trust the politician okay and cops beat people up well, okay we know that too but you know what about that funny kid over there with the with the big nose? Let's make fun of him. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a lot more fun. Make fun of your friends and and laugh. Yeah, man. You know, have a party. You know, punk. You know, dress like a. You know, have a mohawk and and wear a bondage pants and 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 start trying to take yourself seriously, man. Really, <laughs> all these punk rock people are really funny lately. You know, they, they dress they dress up in all these colorful shit and act all crazy and they look all silly and then they're like, but no, they get all serious. I'm like, how could anyone take you serious when you dress like a clown? <laughs> you know, I believe me, I love punk rock, but you know, you can't take you can't take too many people take it too serious. That's the I get it. Yeah, and it was a good. It was just a good fucking. Um, I don't know, like that. That's what the scene needed, dude. You know, and that's why you know I think you guys like that record. The first, especially that first record, man. The first couple records just blew the fuck up, man, because people like were super responded. And I, what I remember about Murphy's Law, it, you know, you'd go to a Murphy's Law show and there was like skinheads, there was punk rock dudes, there were hardcore kids, there were metal dudes. Like it, it just resonated with everybody. You know what I mean? And yeah, everybody's that, welcome. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's you know, it, was, it wasn't a one one scene deal. Everybody, and it's still not. Everybody, everybody's welcome to have a good time. Come and come and everybody likes to have a good time, right? <laughs> so that's why everybody comes, I guess. No, absolutely, man. Fucking, and actually, dude, like you know, the you're you know actually you're the last band I've seen <laughs> because of the before COVID, uh, or before actually, the end of the world. Yeah, at the beginning <laughs> stages of COVID, but. You're one of the first bands I saw too, like because uh, you know I, I like I said I started going to the shows in '85, but the the f- you're the the first and only arena hardcore band I ever saw. Where I saw you guys at Providence <laughs> Civic Center when you opened up for for Beastie Boys. That oh dude, my god, that's what Todd you got arrested after the show. <laughs> you did? Oh Todd, all, Todd, Todd you, you got arrested after uh, the show, really? yeah, we, and we all got beat like we all got beat up by the bouncers and thrown out of the place in the back. I don't think everybody saw that in the front, but yeah, in the back we had a big thing with the bouncers. Really? <laughs> but dude, what God a fucking... I had like an ID that said he was like thirty, and he was like he was like seventeen or sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what? So dude, like I know we could probably do a whole podcast just on that fucking tour, man. But like, like that was a fucking that was fucking crazy to me because that was the funny thing is because like there was a lot of people I remember from my school, my high school that went because they were like like rap people and they were like what the fuck was that murphy's all shit i was like that shit was fucking awesome you know what i mean because I, I was still in high school at the time <laughs> and uh and uh and uh then that was like a lot of people's first kind of uh probably foray into punk rock and i don't think they were expecting to see that you know uh, like a punk rock band opening no, for, I, for, for beastie boys fun for me I, <laughs> yeah i got beat up a lot of times <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean like how did that tour come about and like what are some of the highlights i mean obviously you can't get into all the tour stories and stuff but i mean like 
that was just fucking insanity to me. And I wish there was still more shit like that, man, because it was it was so much fun. And I I wish like more than anything, not more than anything, but I wish I still I had I bought one of those long sleeve license to ill shirts that had the plane going down the sleeve, <laughs> dude. If I had that, that's yeah, like yeah, e- eBay those. gold right now, dude. <laughs> fucking. But not now. Now it's like you know. Now there's punk rock bowling. Now everybody thinks they know better. Now every you know everybody. Now everybody's cool. Now right? you could go yeah. online and buy a whole punk rock outfit and show up to like punk rock bowling and be. Be all, you know, right. all of a sudden you're like punk rock down, you, you know, <laughs> just well, like that. Well, dude, but, you yeah. know, it's cool. It's cool. It's more convenient, but you know, it's also convenient, which isn't cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it, man. And for sure. And, and, and it, one of the things that's so weird to me, and I'm sure it's even weirder to you, like growing up when we did, and, and, you know, I'm a couple years behind you, like, like punk rock was not fucking cool or hardcore or any of whatever, you know, whatever genre of like extreme music you want to talk about. That shit wasn't cool back then. And I got into a lot of literal no, physical no. altercations because what I was into or how I looked or whatever, or just being on a skateboard, fucking whatever. Oh, you fucking skate fag, blah, 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 you know, or, or, or whatever. And it's like, to me, it was cool because like, you know, like we, we, we grew up like having a fight for what we were into. It wasn't like, like you said, so convenient as it is now, or like it wasn't like the cool kids were into it. But yeah, um, you know, there's no more proving yourself to get into the into the scene. Now you have to. Now you just show up and uh, you buy you buy a ticket and you show up and you're in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 it's like before, even before online, like you could go to Hot Topic and it was like, oh, right, I want to be a skinhead. You could buy your skinhead starter kit. You could buy your uh, street punk starter kit. You could buy your crust punk starter kit. <laughs> like for, for from yeah, the- you could just now you just go on online and you order it. it comes right to your door. Yeah, it comes right to in two days, free shipping, <laughs> fucking. But but yeah, man. Free shipping. How did that like that tour is like? That's one of the the amazing tours to me, like just because it's you know it, when I was a kid, I was fucking so psyched at that show, like the first one of its kind, the first first time a tour like that ever happened. But like, and you, you know, know was- music was so different back then because. Wasn't the beginning of that tour? Beastie Boys were still playing clubs, but then they just yeah, fucking we, blew when up. When we started that tour, when that tour started, they were still uh, we were, we were just playing colleges and uh, and like bigger clubs, and then they, then the record broke, and we were playing, and the next thing, like a couple of days later, we were they changed up the tour and we were playing in arenas. It was pretty <laughs> it was pretty intimidating to say the least. Yeah, that's fucking nuts, dude. Like, it's so fucking crazy. Like, like nothing like that really happens anymore. I don't think, like, to that extent. You know, like, like it's just weird. No, I, I don't. You know, I don't know. Maybe I mean not not to that extent where all of a sudden there's a form of music that hasn't normally been in front of that many people happening. Yeah, I guess not. Not really. It's it's pretty easy to play in front of a lot of people now. I mean, that's what people doing at home now. You can just set up at home and play, and, and people can just watch it. It's, it's yeah. lazy now, pretty much. Easy yep. to be lazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, and I yeah, I know like, a lot of people during this like because you know obviously a lot of our friends are musicians and you know whatnot. One of the ways people have gotten creative to be still play is you can broadcast live from your fucking bedroom, dude. Like you could do an acoustic set and fucking broadcast live from your living room or or wherever or rehearsal space or or whatever you wanted to do. And uh, you're not getting a, you're not getting a free beer from me like that. <laughs> you're, you're not getting the shit. You're not getting a sip of the fucking uh, the the Jägermeister out of the bottle. Jäger, from Jäger, the, Jägerbar. The, yeah, I think we're gonna have to do like nipples everyone's gonna have to get their own jaeger nipple or something <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to reinvent the the party without spreading germs like uh i don't want i don't want to get anybody covid, COVID positive. You never, just, never mind I, I know what about herpes and all the other shit we could have got from that yeah, bottle <laughs> I know. you know you, you're gonna just have, 
Yeah, you're gonna have to go old school and just pour it into people's mouths from the air and not not hand it out anymore. Just let let people line up. That and... doesn't work. I want to chip in people's teeth and then I want to get a dentist bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just not sharing anymore. That's it. COVID, the COVID, COVID thing just uh, yeah it took all the charity out of me. No more sharing now. <laughs> no, no more sharing of alcohol. But, but oh, those little uh, pill cups. I'm gonna have to get like 1,500 pill cups. Yeah, yeah, to give little so shots out. <laughs> You're gonna just have to have Jägermeister to give you a bunch of fucking nips, dude. Little shooters, you know what I mean? They just... did. They they gave us years when we were sponsored by them, which we're not anymore. They gave us uh, Murphy's Law Jägermeister shot glasses. We had. Oh, that's awesome. Fuck but yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we. I don't. I don't know what happened. We we're just not sponsored by them anymore. <laughs> you know what happens? They, uh, they discovered Slayer. Yeah. But you, you know the other thing that happens too, like with a lot of those like alcohol companies, I find is that like you'll you'll have somebody that works there that is so stoked and is cool to work with. And then they get fired or they leave. And then, you know what I mean? Like we used to be sponsored by Pabst for like a lot of the events we do. And then they just fired their whole like marketing and promotions department and they started outsourcing it. So it was like all new people doing it. And those people had their events that they were, or, or, or people that they were interested in sponsoring and they didn't keep all the, the people that were previously sponsored, you know? And it, you know, that's a weird industry, yeah, man. That's corporate, man. That's that's pretty much any industry, man. Any anything like that. That you know, I'm sure Vans does the same thing too. I mean, people leave and then they they lose connections with with those with those uh, artists and stuff, and it, and it kind of goes a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Not always for the best. I mean, Pop Ribbon has been, uh, you know, whatever they've been doing, they they're trying to they're definitely trying to reach a certain uh, group of people. But primarily, it seems like our friends from what they the way they sell their merch and stuff. But, who's you know, who's that? It, it, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, you know, oh so yeah, they, yeah, they've, been yeah. they've been doubly pushing it. I think more the Budweiser. It's just, it's oh, so yeah, much, but, yeah. Well, yeah, no, no yeah. obviously, yeah, like PBR definitely, like, you know, Budweiser is just, like, a way more general. Like, I think Pabst did try to get into that kind of niche marketing, like, and, like, go more towards the blue collar or, like, the, the subcultures or whatever more than some of the other ones. But I don't know what they're doing now, but, like um, – but like, yeah, like all the people that I had connections with over there, they're all gone. Like, you know, so I don't, you know, whatever, dude. Like you said, it's all corporate shit, dude. Like they, they're like, all right, well, we crunched these numbers and now we're going to do this instead. And it's like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. We don't see, we don't see as many, uh, uh, punk rock bowling people buying, uh, our beer. So we're going to move <laughs> it to, uh, to golf now. All right. Uh, so, so the, you, like you saying that brings me to, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but one thing I fucking love about you um is that like you know murphy's law is like you said you started a band that was all in jest like it's all fun like let's make fun of things let's have a good time you know like everyone's invited like let's let's just bring a party to, to you know let's have a show that's also a party so a lot of people know you as a very good time guy but you are fiercely fiercely protective of like hardcore and punk and like and the hardcore, like the true kind of like hardcore and punk scene. And so you, yeah. you, you are very outspoken against things that like where people are capitalizing on things or they're just not getting things right or they're not coming from a real place. And uh, I just want to give you a shout out for that because it's something I, 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 I respect. Like, well, thank, thank you because it definitely pisses off a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Shit, you know? No, I mean, I was with you when you walked out of a viewing of a certain screening of a certain movie. And, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> well, know. I was tequila didn't help, but I was. 
definitely not interested in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I remember you, you would, you know, vehemently objected to some people being involved in a movie about hardcore that weren't that. You know, it was just as baffling to me. I'm like, are they just interviewing these people because they're big in the metal scene and and have a bigger reach? And it's just it seemed like a cheap ploy to get more more viewers for their for their film or whatever. But I, I yeah, I remember you. I remember we were there and you uh, being very outspoken about about uh hardcore and what in punk and what it meant to you and how was, there was people involved in that and that had nothing to do with it and fuck them and you walked out <laughs> and i was like fuck yeah man yeah, yeah, Drew, yeah Drew still never forgot how mad i was <laughs> <laughs> i'll say it <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah no. you know you gotta no. call him like a see him, bro if you don't if you don't speak out and you're in this in, and you're in this community and, and you're a singer in one of the bands and you don't speak out how you feel then you're not really real. You're full of yeah. shit. You know, you're like trying to, you know, this is, this is not supposed to be a ball, a ball tugging ass kissing scene. You know, no. it's supposed to be speak your mind, whether people like it or not, you know, but it seems lately that a lot of people just want to brown nose each other, whether they like it or not, they're going to kiss your ass and say they love it. Oh, I love your new record. I love, Oh, I love it. Isn't this kind of, you know, I, I, I like it. I'd be nice, but a lot of bullshit involved too. Yeah. And you know, I gotta call it sometimes. I can't shut my mouth. It's my uh, no, my New York Guinea in me. No, and and I fucking I love and respect that man because like, and and no one can fuck with you. You got more of a history than most people involved in this. You know what I mean? So like, what, what can someone really say? Like you know, like be like, no, nah, I was there, motherfucker. <laughs> These dudes weren't involved with anything we were doing, or, or you know, like. I remember, you know, and I got nothing against, I like a lot of metal and stuff like, but I remember distinctly in the mid to late 80s, like, there were hardcore kids and there were metal dudes and there were separate shows. There was some crossover, but like, by and large, like, there was a lot of times we were at war with each other, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't- Yeah, yeah, big time. I was not a, you know, there's other guys in bands that are, that welcomed that whole metal scene and I, I never liked crossover. I never, I never did. I never, sorry. You know, metal has its place and, and, and hardcore punk has its place. Yeah. And when the two of them crossed into each other, I don't know, it, it, unfortunately two of them crossed into each other and a lot of it became hardcore now. Now a lot of guys that would have long hair years ago are now like chunking around like hardcore guys, you know, metal, metal and hardcore kind of crossed into each other, unfortunately. Yeah, no, no. It's I true. liked it when it was hardcore punk. I don't like hardcore metal. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. And, you know, to, and to each their own. But, like, I just mean, like, at a certain time, I remember they were two different scenes and they were on different paths. And, like, you know, they were obviously there was it was two styles of extreme music. So there was a lot of, like, you know, punks that would go to certain metal shows or metal dudes that would come to punk shows. But I remember getting in a lot of fights with metal dudes back in the early days because they yeah, didn't they really did. understand they what did. we were doing. And, uh, and, and, you know, probably vice versa. Like, I didn't get all the nuances of the metal scene and so you know what i mean and, and and you know there was just a lot of war going on back then dude just yeah yeah <laughs> even amongst each other but like you know like i just remember going to school fighting the fucking jocks and the, these fucking dudes and this dude and the fucking guido dudes like the, the z cavaricis and the fucking you know and now and now everybody brings their kids to shows and everyone's smiling yeah yeah <laughs> well, you know and it's a good thing and a, you know and a bad thing like you know like i i, I I, no, I, I I like it. I love kids, but yeah. you know, there's a time and a place. Some shows, I, I you know, I gotta watch my p's and q's when I'm on stage. <laughs> there's a little kid standing there on the side of the stage with a headset on with their dad, and I'm like, I want to talk about pussy. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to curse. I want to, I want to, I want to scream. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to smoke a joint on stage. You know, yeah. And it was like, but there's a little kid standing there, so I got to be good. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
It's, yeah, no, <laughs> it I doesn't agree. always work for me. But. Yeah, well, you know, whatever, man. I mean, you. I mean, if anyone knows Murphy's Law, you, you know what the song content's about. You know what's going to happen. At it. There's no secret that, you know, alcohol is going to be thrown around and passed around and fucking consumed and fucking, you know, and whatever, you know. So it's like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think if at a certain point, if you bring your kid to a show, you can't expect the show to bend to the to the what you want to parent your kid on. Like you, you like be like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. these are the things you don't do if you want to be a parent. You know what I mean? Say, tell them that, you know what I mean? Tell the kid, don't do this <laughs> until you're older or whatever. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I wouldn't bring my kids to one of my shows until they were older. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, I, man. It's weird. It's, a, it, it, I, I don't know. Like the, the times now it's definitely bizarre. I, and uh, yep, the times the times they are bizarre. Yeah, man. Isn't that a new Chromex sign? <laughs> yeah. Chromex song. The time, <laughs> these, are the, these are the times they are bizarre. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you're right. You're writing records for them now. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck. No, actually, we're writing the record via phone on this uh, during this virus thing. Finally. Yeah. Um, so what's between, going on? Uh, we got a drummer in in england this kid that we saw on youtube and sent him a me- he was playing a murphy's law cover and he was playing like it, 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 like perfect yeah and felipe uh who's playing bass now got in touch with uh with the kid and we started messing you know playing around a little bit it's complimenting him next thing you know felipe and the kid are making music uh you know through, you know they have these kids today they have these setups where they can make music and just shoot it back and forth online. Oh yeah. So Felipe's sending them bass lines, the kids sending drum parts, and they start writing songs. <laughs> yeah, and it's now crazy. I get a, a, a guitar player in Miami writing with us too. So we got a kid in London, a kid in Miami, a kid in Pennsylvania, and me, and we just knock shit around and we're writing songs like crazy right now. That's good, man. Fuck yeah, I know you yeah, I know you've been be working on the Otherwise I'd be sitting in a bar not writing songs, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I know I know you were saying you've been working on the record for a little while. How far are you guys? We're pretty much there now for a record. Oh, cool. We, cool. It's just we got to get, you know, pre-production. You got to get it. Now we have all the roughs of everything. Then I just have to get into the studio with them and start working it where I, it can be played A to B, you know, from the top to bottom. And then we're ready. We're pretty much ready. We have a good quarter of a record recorded just the rhythm uh, just just the parts that need vocals now because a uh, guitar player went in just before the virus hit and we got about five uh, you wanted to stress the studio we got about five songs there recorded yeah. now cool so I got a lot of work ahead of me with singing so because those guys are all doing everything and I'm just going to go in and sing I mean, probably stay at Stress's house for a, a while and just do vocals on everything fuck yeah man yeah I can't wait do you got a do you uh, yeah yeah you guys got a um is it someone? You, is there a label you're working with, or are you guys going to just put it out? No, yourselves? we're putting it out ourselves. I'm gonna, we're going to uh, press everything on vinyl with a digital download card in it, and and I'm just going to sell to distributors. Fuck yeah, man! You get paid right away. You yeah. don't. You want see, You want records? You get right. You buy them. Buy them off me. Buy the box. There you go. Yeah, there I you don't go. Want, I don't want to have to wait. You know these fucking people. They you know, these record record labels. You sign with them, and they give you money to record, and then you're waiting to get paid or you're wondering how many records they sold or, or you're waiting for posters. You wait now, now with this, I'll have no one to answer to, but myself. Yep. So, well, and the good thing is about friends have record stores now. Yeah. And, 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 and not for nothing. I mean, you've built up, uh, you know, you guys have a, a long and kind of, and, and solid career. So it's like, you don't, <laughs> as someone that's owned a record label, 
there's not a hell of a lot that a record label could offer you at this point. You know what I mean? Because you don't well, need m- you don't money, need the marketing. Money would be money. A nice big advance would be great. Yeah. but that ain't happening anymore. It's no. not nineteen. Not nineteen eighty five anymore. You know, yeah. we used to get you know his fifteen his twenty thousand dollars advance. It's like what when you're a teenager? It's like yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I'll, the, I'll sign anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. And then half that money goes to booze and fucking whatever, and only only a couple grand goes to recording the record, and then then you got to recoup yeah. all that you know but you guys are a t- that's that's what it is. everything is recoupable too everything the label does is whether you like it or not i discovered everything's recoupable oh yeah absolutely every penny they spent you are not going to see a penny until they've recouped all that money and then the profit yeah. gets shared the profit gets shared with you you know um but yeah i mean you know it would it would almost be dumb to do it through a label unless some unless you know it was a a thing where someone offered you like a a, a huge advance. A lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just it. I'm like, all I need is a chunk of change to get get a bunch of impressed. And yeah. you know, and and, and this record, it, the 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 record's not going to have any ska or reggae stuff on it. We're going to do a separate uh, a ska reggae record uh, cool. to just uh, make everybody happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, and then but. You know, that also helps with, like, distribution and stuff because then you can hit up the, like, the, what's, I don't know how much, like, the Scar stuff seems to be a little quiet nowadays, but, like, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, specific distributors just for that stuff and you can hit them up for that and then the punk distributors and will carry both or, you know, like, yeah, it, it hits different worlds, you know, different worlds that have a lot of overlap, but still it'll hit different worlds, which is, which is good, man. Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, you're not seeing a lot of you're not seeing a lot of Scott kids at Madball shows lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to market you got to market it to the right people, and, and you know, with, with fucking you know, get online. You can definitely sell whatever you want online too. So sure, but well, you know, you've got your head in the right place and, and, and an internet connection, you can take care of anything right now with business. Absolutely, and I'm sure the the reverse is true too. If you go to a specials reunion, I'm sure you're going to see some Madball shirts there as well. And uh, some Murphy yeah. Ball shirts. But, yeah, fuck yeah, I dude. Think, I think Matt Ball should, Matt Ball should do a Scott song. <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> That'd be so fucking bizarre. I wouldn't, what, what do you think Matt Ball would even write about if they were going to do a Scott song? I don't know, <laughs> let's man. Get, let's get the concept down I, so, I mean, we, Freddy, so we can pitch this to Hoya and Freddie. Did you ever hear the Clash thing that Freddie did? He, he, did like, he did like a hip-hop thing that went along with an old Clash song. I forget. It's old, though. But, oh, yeah, you yeah. You know, Freddie, Freddie. Freddie puts his mind to something, he's going to get it done. And oh, I'd, yeah. I'd like to hear a mad, a mad ball, like Scott song. It'd be great. <laughs> we, and, they, they, and, they, and then they, have they, Warren, they, have Warren put it Germany out. May, <laughs> some kids in Germany may kill themselves over yeah, it, but yeah, it'd still yeah. be funny. And then have Warren put it out as a special uh, pitchfork seven inch with you on one side and mad ball on the other, both doing Scott songs. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, man. Well, but, I, we just did that one with uh, Rancid for pitchfork, and I, yeah. that went pretty quick. Oh yeah, I know. I I, I fucking I, I didn't even get one. I ordered one and it was already sold out. And I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Warren, if you get an extra one, let me know." And I was like, "You know, well, obviously I'll see him around sooner or later." But uh, but yeah, I like that little series he's doing with a uh, you know with like a, a two band uh, split seven inches. Like I I, I feel like I, I don't know. You don't see as much of that as as you used to see back in the day. You know, like because uh, everybody's going for theirs. It's like everybody's going for their own thing instead of instead of sharing. The yeah. popularity and sharing, sharing music and sharing, sharing the, you know, sharing fans and everyone's trying to get their own little squeak in it, man. You know, it's like, it's 
just, you know, this is supposed to be for everybody. We didn't have to throw that word around, but unity, everyone yeah. working together for like to make this all work for everyone. No, and people don't, don't see that. Like, if you do good, that's good for everybody in the punk scene. Like, you know what I mean? Because you might bring more people yeah. in, and then they'll find your band. You know what I mean? If or vice versa. Like, I'm always stoked. Like, with whatever world I'm involved with, motorcycles or music or whatever. Like, I'm glad when anybody's doing well because I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, good for you, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a win for the for that world that you're into. You know, as long as it's like legit coming from a good place. Like, some of these, I don't know. I don't want to sound like the old guy, but you know, some of these new like hardcore bands that I don't know, like I'm just, it's like a different world to me. And some of, you know, like it is a completely different world because they're, they're, they're not even coming to, to a lot of uh, the old, uh, older guy shows. You yeah. know, they have a whole, they have a whole new whole scene. Different world. And that's cool. Good for them. We're proud to them. Yeah. I also don't see, I also just see a bunch of guys that all look the same, singing about the same stuff. Not, not to sound like the old guy, not to yeah. put them down, but. No, you I know, I, I definitely watch and listen to a lot of of, uh, of all the new stuff, and you know, it's like uh, we to, we need to strive to be different, not yeah. not to follow and be the same. Sure, but you know what? I think the difference is is that, and 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 also just as a little side, there's too much fluorescent and tie dye in the new world than that I'm not I'm not used to. But but uh, you know, <laughs> when I got into punk and hardcore, like. I was mad that I couldn't see the shit that came before me. You know, I was like, fuck, I will never get to see like minor threat or I will never get to see like negative approach. Now, since then I've seen negative approach probably 10, 11 times and I'm stoked for it. But yeah. you know, like, I'm like, fuck, I missed all that shit. It just seems like now there's like a whole new scene and they don't even give a shit about the history and the shit that came before them. And you know, kids and, today, kids today, <laughs> but it's not even about that. Kids. If you're involved in a world, dude, you should be really involved in that world. And you should be stoked that there's bands like fucking Murphy's Law or Agnostic Front or whoever, a negative approach from Detroit, like all these bands or Slapshot from Boston or, you know, wherever. Like there's still bands that were, you know, early, like early on in the scene that are still playing. You should be stoked about that. Like, you know, like a lot of those kids, I think, think also it's like that. Why are we even doing this at our age anymore? Cause, uh, and, I, and I say, you know, maybe when I was their age, I think the same thing, but you know, what are they going to say when they're my age and they, and they're still in, you know, everyone stands on stage and points at the sky and goes, this is it for life. This is it. And then next thing you know, you see them in a, in a fancy house with a wife and kids and they're not yeah. part of the scene anymore. It's not their life. Exactly. For some of us, it it just becomes your life. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything else but to be this this, this shit talking tattoo guy yeah. that likes beer. You yeah. know, I don't. I don't. I don't see myself. You know, really starting a family. I wouldn't mind, but I made my decision. This is my life. I like motorcycles and and booze and 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 punk rock music and and. and getting drunk with my friends. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a schlub. I'm a schlub. I'm no, an entertaining no. schlub. And, and, but on, on top of that, there's just a lot of dudes that we know that are lifers that have been involved in this forever and they're always going to be involved. The difference is, right, kids getting into it now, there's 30 years of history before them. When we got into it, especially yeah. when you got into it, there was only like two years of history before you. You know what I mean? And when I got into yeah, it, there was yeah. only like five or six or seven years of history before, you know, like, you know, if you, if you, if you, you know, so like no one, you, you, you wouldn't be an old band into shit. Like an old band was three, four years old. You know what I mean? When, when we first got into shit, yeah. you know, you know, so and it's. To, sell, uh, for, to put out a seven inch and sell 500 copies was like, wow, man, I heard they sold 500 copies. 
copies. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It was like that was a lot of records. You know what I you never know? understood too. Speaking of that, is like in our worlds, like in Boston, New York, if you sold the five hundred or a thousand records, it was awesome. But then you like you hear about Blitz would sell like twenty thousand records in like chart in the in Europe. Like like how the fuck? Like it was such a fucking different world over there. You know what I mean? Like like yeah yeah. Well, then you also see a lot of them will try to. Well, we've seen discharge and a lot of other bands go with the poofy hair and try to go to yeah. a different type of music. And yeah. that, that didn't work for them. No, like, no. Back, they, back home they come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When it, like, like it, I'm not going to lie, dude. When Blitz kind of went into the new wave shit, like, that was the biggest letdown to me. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you guys made one of the hardest fucking oi records ever. And then now you're doing this stuff, like, with, like, keyboards and shit. Like, fuck, I didn't get it at all. And I know some people are like, no, it's cool. Give it a chance. I'm like, no, fuck that. It sucks. I don't I can't give it a nah, chance. You, give, you give it a chance. You listen to it for a couple minutes. You know what you're dealing with. We played with Blitz and Agnostic Front at the Milwaukee Metal Fest years ago. Oh, yeah. And that was pretty... It, that was pretty insane. When, when was that? <laughs> that was 90s. 90s. I, don't, I don't know exactly, but yeah, it was uh, a DSI played, Blitz played, Agnostic Front played, <laughs> and uh, I think Slayer was the headliner. Yeah. What a pretty, weird, weird crazy, lineup. Pretty, <laughs> but it worked. Those, those would work. The Milwaukee Metal Fest were fucking really cool. Yeah. A lot, a lot of fun. Now, was that, is that when they had the, the guy from like North Carolina singing for Blitz? The dude that ended up dying, or didn't oh, I don't, I don't even know. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of weird stuff with that. I, Blitz is one of the one of my favorite bands that I never got to see that, so I always get kind of weird about it. But I know for a while they had, I think they had an American dude or something singing for them a little for a little while or something, and then yeah, I think Discharge Discharge has like a guy from Jersey singing for them now too. Really? Because didn't <laughs> he's, he's, when I saw Discharge the last time I saw him at the bowl, they had the dude from uh, Veruca singing for him. Yeah, they got rid of they got rid of him. Uh, what was, I forget his name, but uh, yeah. Pony or Pumpy or yeah, oh, a rat, rat. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah, rat yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rat was great. Rat did a great job. They got, but they got some other guy. Okay. What what happened to the original dude? Oh, someone's getting a call. I don't know. Oh, I'm at Chopped. Some fucking assholes call me on a Sunday. I'm not. I'm not picking up the phone here. <laughs> I'm. I'm sitting at the counter here at Chopped. That's. That's why. That's what's going on. So we'll just disregard that phone. And that's. That's. That's fucking rat calling from England. Being coming to calling a bitch us out right now. <laughs> that's, that's right. Those fucking guys. Fuck me. Put a, a Jersey boy, an English fan. Fuck him. <laughs> fucking hell, mate. Yeah, man. Dude, I used to love Broken Bones, and I remember you uh, years ago. You brought him around. I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! That's fucking awesome!" Like, and uh, uh, <laughs> now he's now he's my roommate. The singer of Broken Bones, the singer Murphy's Law, the Felix, the Felix and Oscar, dude. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. So uh, it's probably never a dull moment. Anyway, you know. No, it's definitely not a dull moment, and we're and we definitely drive each other nuts. So yeah, <laughs> but hey, that's the I'm, takeaway. I'm, like, I'm all American guy, and he's like all English guy, and, and and we make fun of each other nonstop. Yeah, that's awesome. That should be a fucking if if anybody's listening in the entertainment industry, that is a fucking reality show <laughs> that should fucking happen. Real world Astoria <laughs> with fucking Jimmy and Nobby Bones. Fucking. <laughs> he's been he's been here for like thirty something years, but yeah. he hasn't lost any of his uh, English his English mannerisms. Yeah, in the, in the in the uh, the English humor. Um, but, yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, dude, it, it's crazy. I, I think it's cool that like some of these bands are playing again, and um, 
you know, as, as long as it's, you know, and, and, and I, 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 you know, I always give people the benefit of the doubt because, you know, I'm, I'm in my late forties now and I'm still involved in this. And, and so, you know, but I never left, but like, you know, it, it, I don't know if you were, if this really meant something to you, I don't think you can ever really get out. And, and I think time just fucking weeded out like the people that got into it for the wrong reasons, you know? And, uh, it was the rock and rock and roller virus. It got rid of all of the all of the untrue people. But yeah. you know, it's like how do you, all the bands you still like keep playing, and you still like going to shows. How do you how do you grow out of out of being, enjoying be, seeing your friends and being around your friends and listening to music that you love? How do you grow out of that? I know. I don't, you know? I, I never got it either, dude. I never got it either. And and I know people. I, know, I, look, at, I look at it like the old rock and roll bands. You see all the old rock and roll bands playing still and. and uh, that's how I'm seeing hardcore is going to be. We're going to be a bunch of old like doo-wop guys on stage. Yeah, playing, playing, playing. Uh, like county county fairs and shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Charlie Harper from the UK Subs is what he's 74 now. Yeah, so you got to figure. He's yeah. a senior citizen, still doing, still doing shows. No, and any time one of those fucking bands come around, like GBH just played in Boston maybe like a year or two ago. I'm, I'm going to that fucking show. Like you never know when it's going to be the last time you get to see somebody. And, and, and yeah, it's true. At this point, for sure. You never know. You never fucking know, dude. And, 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 and uh, you know, I, I was looking forward to like, uh, like, you know, you, you know, it was funny when I started this podcast, like just did it just for something to fucking do and just put a different perspective and talk to my friends and shoot the shit with my friends and kind of put some cool shit out there. And one of the first people to hit me up, um, like to come on the podcast was, uh, the, the guys from the business and they were coming out. They were supposed to come out. I don't know. I probably doubt they're coming out now. They were, they were going to tour the U S this, this, uh, this spring and, uh, and, and, and summer. And, uh, you know, and um, well, who's saying? I don't know. That's that's what I got, that's what I wanted to figure out. Like, but you know, it's it, you know, rest in peace, Mickey Fitz, dude. Like, you know, but like, yeah, it's kind of hard to replace Mickey Fitz. I, I know. I, I still, I don't, I can't, I still can't accept the dead Kennedys without they will be opera singing, and and he's still alive. I don't know how they even have the nerve to continue trying to play without that guy. I know he's the front man. He's the, that yeah, this, I, I didn't get into into the Dick Kennedys for I you know what East Bay Ray. No, I got into Dick <laughs> Kennedys because of fucking Caliban Opera. Any shit on stage and yeah, I don't no. know how, how, I, I I can't get that. So I know I don't know how they you replace a personality like Mickey Fitz. I know, I know, and yeah. and, and 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 I was just kind of really interested in seeing them and and stoked to have them on just to talk about like like super historical stuff and. uh you know, I'm bummed out that that's one thing I won't be able to see this summer. But, like, there's still bands that are, you know, still doing it. Like, because, like, you know, and, and but going to what you're saying, I don't get that either. Like, there's certain bands that Jello Biafra had such a distinctive voice and distinctive mannerisms yeah. and distinctive, like, you know, what he wrote about. Like, very ahead of their time, very still relevant to this day. I was talking about that yeah. with somebody just the other day. Like, He's not a replaceable dude. Like, you know, there's certain bands like, you know, that you could get away. Like Black Flag always had fucking vocal changes. So like you can kind of yeah, get yeah. away with it. Like, used to it. And, and they, they have had some legendary vocal changes. It's kind of hard to even pick who you like. And, yeah. you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm, more of, I'm, I'm a Des, Des and Chavo guy, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like Chief even, you know, yeah. and, you know, once you really listen to the catalog, you really can hear who's like, who's, who's really good at it. 
Yeah, no. yeah. And 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 it's like Dead Kenny, like you're not going to find another Jello Biafra, like a, a, a guy that thinks no, the way he does no. and he has a super annoying voice that somehow you like. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the, go- the government. This goes out to the government. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to get some gay guy in San Francisco on angel dust to take his place. Dust. <laughs> that was that, that that like a disgruntled former like uh, you know like uh, uh, government worker. Government worker. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. That you know, the <laughs> but, government scaffold. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But it's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, and I get that there's like something bad probably happened between all them and it's bad business. But guess what? Oh, just no just doubt, no kill, doubt. kill the fucking band. You don't need to come back unless you're going to have him in it. And, and, and yeah, kill the band. You just know, it's always it. worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Murphy's just kill it. Yeah. <laughs> or fuck it. Yeah. I mean, just, just, you know. Put it to an end, or you know, like you know, I don't know, I don't know, I, 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 it's just tough. It's tough, um, but you know what? I'm, I, I'm sure them being California guys, uh, their arguing wasn't very uh, aggressive anyway. I was probably like, well, yeah, well, I disagree <laughs> with this and I disagree with that, and they, they probably agreed to disagree and went both ways. You know, as opposed to like Boston guys and New York guys, where we've been like, all right, let's go in the parking lot. Yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> we'll man. I know. And you know what? The thing is, is you, it's hard to even go to the parking lot now because there's cameras in the parking lot and there's going to be 30 people walking by, pulling the cameras, the cameras out, pulling their phones out and fucking whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people probably know you from music and we, we talked a little bit about some of that stuff. But someone, but some people, especially on this podcast, probably don't know that you actually worked with uh, Larry for a little while and you're, you're a motorcycle guy as well. And I know you're always out at the Race of Gentlemen and like some of the events out there, like the Indian Larry Block Pop. Or the or, or a cheap thrill show just over the bridge in New Jersey yep, yep. and stuff. But um, what was it? Uh, what, what got you into motorcycles, man? And in, in, uh, and uh, my my neighbor Ronnie, Ronnie. When I lived with my parents, my neighbor Ronnie had. Uh, I always liked motorcycles since I was a little kid. I get these riders and stuff, and and always look at bikes and always, and always like those style of bikes from back then. And uh, my neighbor Ronnie, Ghost Motorcycles, pulls up in the back of the house. Ghost Motorcycles from Long Island. And he gets a fucking uh, a Serba car, a flathead Serba car. So he was literally across the alley, like right across the you know, parking alley for me. And so I was in his garage like every night. And we, me and him would be messing around with the flathead. And that was my first, I, you know, I never even thought about it until I got older. That, wow, I was, I was, you know, I didn't like flatheads until I got older. And then, you know, and they got trendy. <laughs> but I was, you know, that was one of the first bikes I worked on was a, was a, was a flathead Serba car. Nice. And uh, and then a, a friend of mine had this uh, MZ. It was a communist uh, East German bike. <laughs> and uh, he, he went, I don't know what, what happened, but he hooked me up with the bike. And that was my first bike I started tinkering with. And I actually had a, I got a book. I wrote to the company in Eastern Europe. And, uh, and they actually sent me a hard, hard copy uh, book on the breakdown of the bike and everything for free. You know, they told me they were just like an American kid had one of their bikes who was fucking out the bike. That's awesome. But, uh, that, and then I hooked up with uh, with this guy uh, Zach and and his garage when I was working at the Pyramid with Ray, and uh, he had a bike, the the fifty six up uh, shovel pan, and um, that I fell in love with it. And I bought it for four grand. That was my first. That was my that was my real first bike. I went to a fifty six shovel pan. Yeah, knucklehead frame. I, I kill, it kills me that I got rid of it. I should have never. 
It's worth. I never got rid of it. I had a bad accident and had to sell it for money. Sure, I know. I get it. I get it. Worth a lot more than four grand <laughs> nowadays, dude. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> for the fucking the, the straight leg knucklehead frame was worth probably not much now. Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely, dude. I see. Uh, <sighs> I see those frames going anywhere from like three to six grand, depending on the on the. Uh, you know how much shit's been cut off, or how much it's been like fucked with and stuff. But dude. I do remember me and Steg, Steg who, uh, who owned uh, SD Cycles and and, uh, and Cycle Cycles. Me and Steg cut the fucking the sidecar mounts off. And I was like, and then years later, I was like, what did we do? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah, but you know, I know. You know, back then, who fucking knew? Like, you know, like I when I first got into bikes, you could buy knuckleheads for like three, four grand. No one wanted them. Like, there was like, oh, that fucking oh, piece God, of shit. Oh my God, flatheads! You could have bought a couldn't whole give flathead away. bike for a thousand bucks. Yeah, you couldn't give yeah. them away. You could buy a running flathead. You could drive it from <sighs> from me to you for a thousand bucks. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Good luck with that now. Yeah, then, the fucking Mel. That's what I was <laughs> just gonna say. I'm then. like, you know what you did, bro. Yeah, I, 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 I told him that too before. I was like, you motherfucker, you fucked flatheads. I always put flatheads aside. I always liked them. I always wanted to get one. But to me, they were always like a one to $3,000 bike. And now you can't even touch them. I wish you were here. You it's gotta- knuckleheads too. The race of gentlemen is like, it's like getting too big for, the, I went, I went last, last season and, uh, and the line for bikes and cars was like, it was crazy. I know. That they have to turn guys away now. There's so many people who want to do it. That's I fucking- mean, it's great. But it's it's uh, you know it's going to be great when everyone gets sick of all these bikes and wants to sell them. That's Absolutely, that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I am waiting for. Is like, and and I because I've been through you know I got a couple decades now in this world and I I've seen a lot of trends come and go. To me, classic bikes have I've always loved and has always been cool. Um, I've never seen it to the extent now that people are like fucking rabid for classic bikes. Like, you know, like and choppers too. Now that whole chop, the hipster chopper thing is going yeah. on now too. It's great. I mean, it's good cause it's, it's preserving all, a lot of, a lot of parts and a lot of bikes are going to the right places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive now, but you know, maybe by the time, couple more years maybe they'll, you guys will get tired of this shit and they'll, yeah. they'll all be on ebay for, for cheap yep <laughs> and when 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 uh when gas is outlawed and everything turns electric and then then we can uh then we can run some renegade oh bikes God. and buy all the shit up cheap but you i wish you were here now do you got to come down to the shop sometime when when we're all allowed to freely travel between states fucking uh my uh my tech is building a 37 flathead in here you'd fucking love it i'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll send some pictures to you i know i know you dig yes, it yes definitely send me some pics yeah my uh Tech Junior, shout out! He's building a fucking really rad thirty-seven back there, um, in his in his spare in his off work hours. Um, but fuck yeah, dude! It's it, I I I love old bikes, man, and and uh, yeah, it, it, it paint well, they, they last, they stand the test of time, and old American bikes are you know dopey bikes. The flatheads were made for for soldiers to to work on in, in the mud in the yeah. middle of war. You know, yeah. you know, you know, you know you, try to try, try to ride try to be able to hunt the gold wing. <laughs> What, it, but it's true. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, you know, here's the thing, though. Like, right, like a like a knucklehead or even a panhead. They're they're like fucking tractors, dude. Like they're gonna work yeah. in shitty situations. You're just not gonna. They're not performance bikes. Like, and if you want to make it a performance bike, you're gonna spend a lot of money making it a performance bike. But you know, like you you should just be happy if your bike is is running good and you can get on the highway. You know what I mean? <laughs> like fucking, you get started. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. be excited about that. I'm just kidding, but you know what I mean. But but you know, like. 
if you really want to, if you want to go 150 miles an hour and fucking and everywhere you go, then buy a new bike. You know what I mean? And, and, and or 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 get a half a million dollars and get a Crocker. <laughs> yeah, or, or 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 a Vincent Black Shadow or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those, I mean, those bikes weren't that fast. If you can, like, you believe that in those times. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's scary. Yeah, dude. Uh, my one of my stories of like fucking regret is that um, uh, years ago. A friend of mine was like, hey, uh, do you want to buy a bike? Uh, I know this guy. He inherited it from his father. It was a cafe racer his father built in the 60s. He passed away. He doesn't know what to do with it. He wants like five grand for it. He was like, I don't even know what it fucking is. He was a hot rod guy. He goes, it's like called a Norvin or something. And I was like, five grand? And I was like, yes. I was like, sight unseen? Yes, I want it. I will take it. I will find a way to get the money tomorrow. He goes, well, he's going on a cruise tomorrow. He'll be back in a week. And I was like, I will absolutely take it because that was just like a vincent motor put into a norton featherbed frame like the norton featherbed yeah, frame yeah. was like a big cafe racer frame in the 60s and shit and um and so you know this is like probably 2006 or 7 or something you know it was a, it was a while back and um i was gonna fucking this is when there was like the british guys were like super staunchy like purist motherfuckers and hated choppers and shit so i was gonna i was gonna make a real fucking idiotic like vincent chopper out of it you know just i was gonna keep the whole like out of respect to to what it was i was gonna keep all the the original 60s cafe racer i was gonna keep that whole drive uh, that whole uh, rolling chassis the way it was because it probably had a lot of weird rare fucking uh, cafe parts on it and um yeah, weird shit. Yeah, um, a lot of those like had weird suspension stuff on. Um, yeah, yeah, stuff that you can't but, find anymore. It's just, it's just it's the same type of world as the chopper world, but it was the cafe world, and it had its own stuff in the '60s and and whatnot. Yeah. And so I was gonna pull the, but I was just gonna pull the motor out to put it in a chopper frame just to aggravate people, and it was gonna be like chopper at home. <laughs> Home of the Vincent Chopper, just to just to piss off all the stodgy purist guys, and um, but while he was on the while he was on the boat, he was talking to people about it, and he ended up getting like fifteen twenty grand for it, and you know it was well worth it if you know if you know what a Vincent goes for now, like you know just to have a Vincent yeah, engine, a Vincent like, I don't know, like, like two hundred thousand probably, just crazy, like, uh, yeah. I mean, if you had an all original restored one, yeah, you're, you're looking at yeah. it, you know, anywhere from like. 50 to 200 grand depending on the bike you know what i mean and it's just yeah. fucking nuts you know but uh yeah that's why i can't believe what crockers go for now well oh. you, know, you know with mika mika auction and stuff yeah they yeah. just auctioned off larry's bikes uh, luckily they went to seem to go to a decent place which was like uh some guy that owns a bike shop and has like a bike museum and everything so they went to someplace and someone's gonna respect them oh that's but good i couldn't man. believe to see didn't they yeah, go for like larry's grand? bikes went for sale but they did, went for I think hundred and fifty for yeah. both. Yeah, that's fucking. One nuts. was a, one was a hundred and one was yeah, it was like hundred fifty for the pair. Yeah, we got a bike in here <laughs> that we redid for a customer because it, it you know just with time it, it was an old uh, Larry bike uh, when he was still at Psycho Cycles and um, yeah with Stag and stuff and uh it it's got um. I guess it was for uh, Paul and uh, Kano told us that it was for a guy uh, named Indio that they built it like sometime in the mid nineties. And uh, the customer, our customers had the bike since then and uh, wanted a different tank. Um, and uh, you know, it banged up the frame and stuff. So we, we tore it all the way down and fixed the, repaired the frame and powder coated it and stuff. And I have the original tanks that were on it hanging up. Uh, they were on my, they were on my, they were on my, uh, shovel head, uh, long story short. But anyway, we got that bike here. It's still got the cycle cycles, uh, you know, clutch, clutch wow. plate cover and all that stuff on it. And he, the guy wants to sell it. I would want to buy it. I, I just, 
don't got the money for that type of shit. Just just for the same thing, I'd keep it out here. I'd ride it and fucking keep it in the showroom as just like chopper history, man. But I I hope he doesn't sell it to some fucking lunkhead. I I really hope it goes to someone who who respect it and and and. Uh, Unfortunately, many lunkheads have lots of cash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it pays, pays to be a lunkhead. I hear. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and and that's you know that's the thing. So like going long story short, like all the stuff that was cool and it was cheap, all these people got into it, and now it's fucking expensive. So now you get all these like kind of like money guys that are getting involved in like flatheads and shit like to race over you know whether it's there or someplace else and or or on the cannonball or any of that shit and it just blows it up but yeah i'm like you i'm i'm waiting silently in the wings for the fucking all the shit to blow up and come down in price like right now all those people that paid fucking 70 grand for big fucking donkey bikes in the in the in like the mid 2000s with like 300 rear tires and stuff but they have oh like oh my god those things are going for nothing now. they're going for six <laughs> grand so five grand we got a we had a guy a customer come in uh uh you know you know it's unfortunate his son passed and it was his son's bike but it has a big 121 inch total performance motor in it and he's going to be asking six grand for the bike and i'm like oh my god i'm like dude if i if it was just a little cheaper i'd buy it just to pull that motor out of it man but it's got you that know motor, the motor's worth a lot of money yeah yeah but it's got you know it's one of those 300 rear tire it's one of those ones where you look you see a curve coming a half mile up the road and you got to start turning you know what i mean right then because it, it, it doesn't handle well unless it's going straight it's handle it. with that fat fs tire forget about yeah. it you're, you're, you're pretty much doomed especially if it gets wet yeah so you know the the, the motorcycle stuff comes in comes in waves and stuff people were paying 60 grand for in the in the in the mid 2000s is now going for four to eight grand you know 10 grand you know what i mean so uh i will wait for the i'm like you man me and you will just wait in the wait quietly for the for the classic wait, stuff wait in the wings yeah just wait, wait for them to wait for them to get their girl hot girlfriends pregnant so then they have kids and they have to sell the bike <laughs> <laughs> wait, till, wait till they grow up yeah <laughs> Yeah, because because me and you ain't growing up, and we'll be there waiting for like, oh, you want to sell? Yeah, two grand, dude. Fuck yeah. Yo, so, who who thunk that hardcore record would be seven inches? Would be going for a thousand dollars a piece. Fucking a more, you dude. Know? Fucking crazy. I'm like, uh, I'm more. Some are more, dude. It's I I I I I don't get it, but. If I could only go back in a time machine. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine all the shit you had. You know what I mean? The, the, oh my god, I still got some shit. I sold. Not too long ago, I was totally broke, and I had an Urban Waste uh, seven-inch chest pressing. Wow! And uh, and I sold it to a kid for nine hundred bucks. Yeah. And uh, he, and he tried to be like, "Well, it's got it, it, you know, it's been played a lot." And I'm like, "Well, go find another seven-inch from Urban Waste chest yeah. pressing." Chest press. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you're not because back then it wasn't like it wasn't like labels pressed fifty or a hundred test pressings to sell or do like special editions. There was like six or like twelve or something. That was it. Well, yeah. Four. Oh, four. four. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes even yeah. not all the band members even got one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Know what, know what well, I had? Yeah, I, I, oh, oh, sorry. I, I sold it. Yeah. <laughs> I sold it. <laughs> Dude, I sold a couple of Misfits records back in the day, like Night of the Living Dead and, you know, some of those, those seven inches that I regret selling. But at, at the same time, it's like I'm not sitting there putting a record on a record player anymore either. So it's like I like to have records for my friends and brothers and stuff like that because I, I like to hold the physical thing. But do I need them? No. I mean, I could. you can find anything you want online now and listen to it, you know, on your phone or whatever. But um, Yeah. Literally on your phone. I, I got the whole fancy stereo, and I'm looking at a, a fucking huge rack of vinyl, and I still find myself, thank God the tube amp I got has also got a Bluetooth hookup, so I can yeah. play 
everything through it. So I just find myself DJing through my fucking phone. Like, if it was me years ago, I'd hate myself. I'd be like, oh, no. (laughs) I get it. I get it. But the thing is, is most of the time I'm listening to music, I'm at the gym or I'm out. I'm not, I'm, I don't have a lot of time to listen. I'm not home enough to listen to music. So I don't, I don't like come home and put a record on the record player like when I was a kid. So it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't need the vinyl, but you know what I, you know what I do? I only have a couple of test presses, but when I was a kid, when I was like 15, 16, I used to trade records and buy records from uh, one of the, from the guitarists of the Necros. So I have a test press of the Necros Conquest for Death 7 inch. And I have a, oh, that's, that's, that's worth a couple bucks. Yeah, and I got a test press. Even more, even better to me is I have a test press of the process of elimination comp, which was like the first appearance of like negative approach and necros and meat men and all that. Wow. Shit. Yeah, I have that. I have that right, that actual seven inch. Yeah, yeah. So I have. Uh, I have yeah, te- test te- press from that time. Yeah, dude, and it was it was from it was from Andy from the the guitarist of the Necros, um, and I still have like the letters and stuff from when I was a kid. And he'd be like, "Yeah, here's these, and you know, let me know if you're looking for anything else." And uh, I'm looking for these records, you wow. know, like you know, like when you used to have to write people like that had record collections and that were in on that scene uh, to be like, "Hey, what do you what do you got? What are you looking for?" You know what I mean? Let's work out a trade, or you know. But I think our shows are coming up. That's yeah. the way we found out about stuff. Yeah, yeah like that. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the days, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And and I think the thing is is that you know, like I 100% now appreciate having the convenience of like, hey, I want to listen to f- fucking uh you know, uh Murphy's Law uh you know, uh, uh Crucial Barbecue and I can just type it in and it comes right up. But boom, right immediately. But when I was a I do appreciate having that now, but that's after the fact that I had an appreciation of like, if I really wanted something when I was younger, you had to hunt it down or be at the show or trade for it and write people all over the fucking country and look for trade lists. And, you know, you, you, I think you appreciate it and cherish it more. Like when you spent months hunting it down versus like, Oh, I could type it in and it comes up in two seconds. You know what I mean? Boom, immediately. Not, but the good thing is, I never thought I'd say these words is that now with digital downloads, every time someone does hit a song or something, the musician, if they did their their, their homework right, they're going to get paid for every time somebody plays play something, a little bit, a penny or something, but you still get, whenever somebody plays something on, online, if you have, if you have your, your publishing and stuff correct, you're going to oh, get paid. Yeah, on Spotify or something. Yeah, someone was talking about that. I can't remember who it was, but I, I actually think that was on jamie jasta's podcast or something where where the difference is is like in the old days someone bought a seven inch or album or a cassette or a cd for the most part you bought it once and then listened to it as much as you wanted versus now like with spotify every time you listen the artist gets a cut now it's like a stupid fucking tenth of a percent you know tenth of a cent per play but you know if it if it adds up enough then then um you know, if someone if someone listens to it ten thousand times or something, then hopefully you get a little bit of little bit of money out of it. Well, t- actually, yeah, this is this is showing my age. Ten thousand on streams means absolutely nothing. You need like millions of streams to, to for for, for, the, for there to be any kind of real money, obviously. But yeah, yeah. But that's that's that man. But but fuck yeah, dude. So what? So so you're uh, you're in the uh, the Goldwing Academy now, is from what I hear. No, I'm getting ready to get out of the gold wing. The gold, <laughs> something, happened, something happened to it. I think it's it's my solenoid. I'm, I'm so I'm going to change the solenoid. If it's not the solenoid, I'm going to push it down the block and put a, a match to it. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're cool bikes to ride. I never thought I'd ever ride one and like it. 
well, once you ride one, they're so well balanced, and they got so much, so many doodads on them. And the one I got you maybe six. Yeah. So the new ones, forget it. It's like, but when something breaks, you can't. You, you got to be a fucking uh, a rocket scientist to work on them. You can just to get the cowl off the front of the thing is like a day, a day or a weekend. Yeah, to yeah. Get to anything. Yeah, if you're not used to doing it, yeah, if you're not a if you're not a Honda tech that does it every day all day, yeah, I get it. No. no, I'm not a Japanese guy with tiny little hands and a brain. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me big meat paws and fucking, like, oh, let me smash this. Hey, does does yours have a reverse on it? No, unfortunately. And that's another reason because I got, now I got bursitis. <laughs> we got old, old guys again. More old guy talk. I got bursitis in my hip. So it's very uh, difficult for me to push push the bike back. It's It's almost 800 pounds. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. That's such a fucking big fucking machine. So, what are you gonna? Uh, what What are you looking uh, to get into next for for a bike? Well, when I get my, hopefully, I'm gonna have a settlement from my my hospital problem I had, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go right and buy a, a fucking Harley, a new Harley. Yeah, so I, I always wanted to go get a new Harley, and I and I want to, I want to be able to ride cross country. So you know, I won't have to fucking worry about fixing it. I don't want to fix. I don't want to work on a bike anymore. I want to ride the bike. Yeah, I don't want to ride. Like from New York to California. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want all the doodads. I want the fucking GPS, the stereo, <laughs> the headset that I can hear the stereo. Well, you know, I want everything. Yeah. Well, you're a Goldwing guy now. You can't go without all the all the doodads. Like, <laughs> gotta have got dude. You gonna have the drink cup? Why, I, you I gonna think, have the drink cup and everything? Like the the cup holder and all. No, that? I was gonna get one because <laughs> the one I got. It's got this death wobble, so I was only using it to cruise around the neighborhood. So I've been smoking joints, and, and I, I went to get coffee one day, and I was like, "Wow, well, I want to ride with the coffee." I was like, "This is how it happens." I was like, "I had the coffee." I went outside. I was like, "Where do I put the coffee?" I was like, "I gotta get a cup holder." <laughs> I was like, "I coffee." So I was like, "Jesus, I gotta get." But you know what I did? I opened up the flap in the front that, where the gas cap is. And I just put the coffee in the, in the middle of the tank. So I was riding around with, with classical music blast with a half a joint hanging out of my mouth, right, riding around with the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's this, uh, how did, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> but it's you know, a fucking air compressor on, I can still, I can put the air on my tires from my bike's air compressor. That's awesome. It's got air shock. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man! You you can uh, you you could open up a stand on the side of the road at the race of gentlemen and be like, "Oh, you need air in your tires? Come over here. We'll, we'll fucking hook you up." Um, so yeah, dude. Uh, you know, honestly, I I then I don't I don't want to be part of that kind of that old Harley mindset, like oh fuck all the new shit. But my um, having a shop and having us having been, you know, worked on and done some upgrades to some of the new Milwaukee eight motors. I mean, I know like the seventeens and eighteens had a little bit of oiling problems or, or, or stuff. That's what I heard. They had the, they had the oiling problem because it's a, it's a, 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 there's no separate tranny for it. It's one, one, it's a one, yeah. piece, one piece unit. But you know, I'll tell you what, dude, they're fucking fast, fucking responsive, like, you know. Bikes like they're fun to ride, you know what I mean. It, I, I'm more into classic bikes, but it's still the like the factory's got what a hundred, a hundred and thirty-one inch motor. The factory has now. You can get. yeah, you can you can get a drop-in hundred and thirty-one inch motor. There's no bike that there's no model that comes with that, but you can get a no, drop-in motor. No, you can get motor. the the CBO, the CBO. You can get. I think oh, the can you? CBO has. I think it does. Okay, I but I know there's like the 131 inch bolt-on kit, like so you can you can pick up your bike with that kit installed on it for sure. You know what I mean? And uh, maybe that's maybe that's my this... plan. I want I want to go balls out, dude. 
<laughs> maybe the CVO does come with it. I, I'm not up on the newest stuff. I went, I went broke dick. Now I'm going to go balls out. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Well, I will be like, hey, Jimmy, come out to the shop. I'll see you in two hours. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, see that in two, two minutes. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. But I heard it's a, I heard it's a nice motor. It's a, it's a reliable motor, you know, for, for a motor that big, you know. To put, and they're, they're only putting them on, on the cruiser bikes. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think, too, like – um. I don't know, in, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but if it's a Screaming Eagle setup, it's I'm sure that it has some kind of warranty with it, you know. So it's got the full warranty. It's got the full factory warranty for a crazy motor like that. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. I mean, Un- do, it's it's just it's just retarded horsepower. Do you need it? No, but is it awesome to have? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, with, well, when you when you're riding across Arizona and you, you don't see anything from one end to the other. Then, then you know what? Then it's nice to have it when you can just open the motherfucker. Oh, up. fuck yeah, dude! One of my favorite rides ever. We were the um, the the horse used to do a smoke out um, the the smoke out chopper rally, but they did a couple years. They did them in Arizona too. They did uh they did like a smoke out west, and they were in Arizona, and uh, we were on a ride, and we were coming coming out of uh, the mountains heading towards Winslow. And like, we came out of these crazy mountain passes and then came down and then we were just in the desert. And then it was like this straight road that was like as far as you could fucking see. If so, if there was a cop or something or a speed trap, you would see it like 10 miles away. And all at once, no one even looked at each other or talked or anything. Everyone just fucking wide throttled it right at the same time, dude. And it was like such a fucking good time, man. It was, one, it was, it was a ride that, you know, one of those rides that you don't forget. And it was so long ago. And it was you just never like, forget, yeah. Yeah, and it was just so much fun. It was like, because we were all freezing because we, we just had T-shirts on and shit because we were in Arizona. And then you get up in the mountains and you go high up. It, it gets fucking cold. It's down to like 40 degrees and shit and then we came back yeah, down really yeah. you get snow you can leave arizona wind up in the mountains with snow oh absolutely i i lived in flagstaff for a couple of years and it would get more snow than here you know it's a different different type of snow like it doesn't get all as icy and fucked up as as it does out here but um but yeah so it was like 40 degrees and all of a sudden we hit back in the desert then all of a sudden we're on this like straight road flat desert road that just went for as far as you can see and everyone's just like wow wide open throttle like we just fucked hammered dude and it was so fun but um i know i i i uh my uh my tech is obsessed with getting a new m8 and he's the the same one that's building a 37 flathead and he gets my wheels turning but i was like i ain't get that money man they those bikes are fucking yeah i mean i'm looking to get that to ride far away and go and then i want to i want to get one of those racing gentlemen bikes and fucking be a dick and go to that thing Make everybody aggravated. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I mean, my uh, my trike is in an old servicar frame, dude. We should we should bring that and try and race it because it's so fucking sketchy to ride. But I I, I don't there's think there's guys there's guys that ride trikes on it now too. At, at there, I see I see guys on stripped down trikes. Oh fuck yeah, man. This isn't they, a stripped down one. They it's, just don't have the dog box on the back. They just it's just the frame. That's cool. Yeah, this is gonna be. They do that thing, the Frozen Few. Did you see the Frozen Few videos? Oh you yeah, I, I didn't see the videos, but I know what it is. That shit's fucking rad. All the ice racing and all that stuff. Harley made a Harley made a fancy video of them riding on the ice and stuff. Like Harley Harley Davidson sponsored film. It's like film, you know, like a movie. With, oh, you know. That's Hollywood, cool. Hollywood production. It's really yeah. cool. It's actually, yeah. it's like, whoa, I want to do that. <laughs> Coming spring yeah, of 2020, like, like a big fucking. No, it's not. It's just, it's just, it's just them riding and like some music, and then, and then it's a Harley Davidson. It's, it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the the last few years, Harley smartened up and tried to get more in touch with the different subcultures. The problem is, is that they're always a little behind, and that 
it, it always seems a little bit disingenuine because they also put out a lot of fucking legislation and they do a lot of fuckery. So I, I always, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say one thing or the other. Like, I don't know where I stand with Harley as a company. You know what I mean? Like, cause I love their, but they're the, they're one of the only companies where you're allowed to hate the company, but love their products. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's like, fuck them, but keep making bikes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, I mean, Mel hooked me, hooked me in the band up when we played in Milwaukee, and I met the guy Bill that that does the whole library there. So yeah. Bill turned out to be a friend, and uh, he took us on a whole tour of the fucking. Sure. You know his his workspace is in the library. He's got a whole he he redoes and fixes. He's the guy. I was like, yeah. wow, what the guy? I was like, and now he's always at the race of Jeremy with one of his bikes. That's awesome. And he rode. I forget how far he rode on that. Like it was a 1912 Harley or something, some insanely old Harley. And uh, there's footage of him riding, uh, riding like interstate on one of those bikes. I'm like, it's yeah. fucking nuts, bro. Well, you know, and that's the but thing is, there's a there's a lot of good people that are that love motorcycling that work for Harley. It's just when you get to the executive level, I'm like, I don't know what they're fucking doing. You know what I mean? Like, like but, but like, you know, I know there's a lot of good people that work for Harley and like, you know, like, like the guy you mentioned or people in their marketing areas or like in their R and D areas and, and whatnot. Yeah. Like, but some of them are definitely not looking at the old pictures that we're looking at and, and no. uh, seeing what guys are liking and or looking at the co- comments on their commercials. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think, you know, I don't think any of their bikes have regular shocks on them anymore. No, and, and, no, no. They're all like, yeah. They 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 went to like a a, a soft tail platform. They killed the Dyna at the height of Dyna's popularity. They killed the Dyna. The height of Dyna killed the Dyna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what, I was like, what the fuck are you thinking? And they introduced the live. Maybe, maybe that's their plan. I don't know. Maybe they want people to want and be upset and and, and be heated. You know, yeah, I'm sure I don't know. it doesn't hurt to be like, oh, I really want that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? And and I actually. Out of morbid curiosity, I really want to try one of their electric bikes just because I heard how crazy the acceleration is. Like, I've never ridden any. I heard it's insane. I watch all kinds of uh, videos of it. it it's yeah. supposed, I've seen one right in person, but I mean, $30,000, bro. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I would never buy one. It's just, I just morbid curiosity. I like, I've never driven an electric vehicle too. And I know people that have Teslas and stuff love them and they say how crazy the instant acceleration is. I've just, yeah, I would just like to feel that, but I'm not really interested in owning one. They, they do have a new model coming out called the Pan America, which is like their version of like a, like a, like a on off road bike that I, I'm interested it in. Looks seeing like that a road, it looks like a road glide. It's like a Frankenstein head. That's yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a, a road glide and like, like a KLR, like fucking mated or something you know what I mean? yeah it's like that weird road glide nose on it but they they used to have uh buell used to have um what buell, buell had the fucking uh they, they had one yeah you had a nice one yeah yeah, yeah. I forgot what it, it had like a greek name or something i forgot i know what you're talking about yeah. i forgot the name but i was never too up on buell but I, I wish i was more like you can get buell so cheap now and they're fucking good motors you can throw them in like a sports chopper tra- chassis and fucking some of them you can not all of them and you can you can do some cool stuff with them like i i i i, I don't i don't know the business behind everything and i never researched it but it just always amazed me that they didn't keep going with like something with buell like you know they don't have to do a whole well, line sport but. Bikes, so I think they, they were they were making a nice sport bikes i don't know it's like you know and they, now you have indian comes in with the with the, the, the 1200 uh that flat track bike that they have i have yeah it's fucking badass yeah yeah i don't know why can harley doing that you know? i don't know and <clears throat> I, I don't even mind those um we had a uh Indian, uh, some like some of the new scouts in here, um, they're just weird to work on, man. Like, um, 
And the first time I didn't realize this is just my naivety and my own business ignorance. Like a guy came in, he had uh, stored it for the winter and then was like, Hey, how much to do a, like a service, like a, a, you know, like a spring ready service. And I gave him the regular price and I had, it was the first time we had seen one. So I didn't know, like, dude, those things are a fucking pain in the ass to work on. If you want to, you got to take the gas tank off to get to the air filter. And then if you need to change the plugs, you got to take the whole top frame rail off. Like, you know what I mean? Like to get to the plugs and shit, it's fucking nuts. And, uh, yeah, they're not, they're not, made, they're not made to be a friend. They're made to be, you know, they're made to make the factory money, I guess. You know? Yeah. That's what I, it seems I heard, like. I heard they were good. Yeah. No, no. Right. It's a cool little bike. You know what I mean? For, you know, like, like their version of like a sports ride, I guess, you know, would, would be the closest thing. And they're cool little, I just never been a big Indian guy, you know, like, you you know, it's just, I, I don't, I don't like hate them, but, I, but I'm just not into them. Like, I, I don't like yeah, victories. I don't like the, the, the and stuff. <laughs> no, yeah, it gets a little like, yeah, I don't all the fringe and all the fucking craziness. You know, the the worst thing about the big Indians is like you got to take the front fender off if you want to put them into a normal fucking bike lift too, because those fenders are so fucking big that you know, like I don't know if Indian has their own like fucking special fucking uh, special fucking lifts or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking nuts. Or they or they just cut the other ones down so that they can get it on. But we just had one come in for uh, just, you know, a little bit of like some custom badges and service and stuff. And it was just like, oh, God damn, it's such a, I, you know, I guess anything yeah, you're, not, you're not used to working on is more of a pain than something that you're used to working on or whatever. But, you know, it is what it is. No, I'm pretty sure that they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. The Buell Ulysses. I just found it. The Ulysses. Hmm. Yeah. I'm working on that yeah it was the dual sport the dual dual sport yeah you know i've been really thinking about picking up a dual sport since i i've been like uh since the gym has been closed i've been walking in i've been walking in the freetown forest a lot it's like right down the street from my house because i can't lift i don't have a i don't have a lot of stuff at home so i've been doing a little bit of body weight exercises and then and then uh doing a lot more hiking and stuff and uh and like every day i'm like i gotta go get like a fucking dual sport or something but i know having Six grand, dude. Yeah. I Six mean, you grand. get KLRs for two grand, but I know the problem is, is that I always think and and is that if it's a dual sport, that means it does both, but it's not wicked good at either. Like, should I just get a dirt bike or should I get a cool dual sport? Like, I like KTMs and all that. I don't, just, yeah. I don't got money to be throwing around at any of this shit right now. So, but well, I had the, the bike I had the accident on, I had the BMW power to car, the, the 90, the power to car classic, the black yeah. one with the chrome bars on it. Okay. That's the bike that I keep, keep on the car with. And that, that was a fucking badass bike. Yeah. I was, so like, you like I'm, I was, I'm six foot. I was on my tiptoes on that bike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that's how I'm five. Monster. I'm like five ten, and I'm a, I sat on a KLR once and I was like, do I got to get a Lauren kit for this? Or what do I got to do? I've never, I, I grew up, I, I didn't grow up in the, like riding dirt bikes and shit. So I never rode in them. Like, I'm like, fuck dude. Like, I feel like I was on like yeah, super tip. And it had a 10 gallon gas tank, that thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was fucking heavy as fuck, huh? But you know what? No, it handled really well. I actually had it up to 120 miles an hour. Then okay. that's, that was where it pinned. But I had plenty more room. It wasn't scary at that fast for a fucking dirt bike. Yeah. You know, a thousand feet giant dirt bike with an airhead. You know, it was, <laughs> but it, you know, it was a well balanced, really cool bike. That, you know, at first I thought it was ugly, and then I, I fell in love with it. Yeah. And then I crashed it to pieces. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing is that there's a lot of bikes that don't look well, like aesthetically they're not pleasing, but they they ride good and they, they do what you yeah. want it to do, so you love the bike. There's a lot of bikes that are fucking aesthetically awesome, but they fucking ride like shit, you know, and it's just, you gotta, you gotta kind of, 
you know, you know, yeah, Holly, Holly Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> so w- what happened with your 56? Like, uh, I remember you told me the story before, but, um, you, you had a 56 pan yeah, shovel and then I crashed. I had the accident with, uh, with the BMW. Somebody ran a red light and I hit him and, uh, my arm, I almost lost my arm and, uh, I folded my arm back and, uh, <laughs> and I rebuilt my arm and I wasn't working or doing anything. So I had to sell the bike. Yeah, that was that was the only that was the only thing I had that could get me any money. So yeah. I still had to live on until I could, could walk and use my arms again. <clears throat> yeah, that sucks, man. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it really sucked. Well, we all get that. <laughs> we all get the bikes that we had to, or or vehicles that we had to get rid of uh, because of one thing or another that we always regret. But you know. If we, it is what it is, dude. You can always get another one, man. When you get that settlement, let me uh, let me build you a fucking rad fucking pan shovel. Or come here and Hell build it. Yeah. Build it with us. Stay out here for a little while. And... I'll set up a camper out back and uh, we'll yeah. build it there. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I do miss having a garage, too, because I, I did love working on, on that bike. That's one... It was easy to work on. Yeah. And that's one thing I never understood about, like, well, I know it's different times, but, like, in New York City now, like, getting garage space has got to be fucking insanity dude like like it's impossible dude yeah. you gotta you gotta have your, your grandmother's house or something or because it's like five hundred dollars a month or more to get a garage yeah that's that's how it is in boston but, too for, for a parking spot you people are paying two to six hundred dollars a month it's fucking nuts yeah it's crazy is it like that you like in all the a house with a garage and pay the mortgage <laughs> Just yeah because you got a garage yeah yeah I mean, is it like that out, like in the boroughs too, like like Queens and stuff? Like yeah, it, yeah. A story where I'm at in the Queens. Yeah, that's, that's the boroughs, Brooklyn. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Again, Williamsburg, like six hundred for a, a garage. You know, yeah, forget it. Yeah, and you're not you're talking about like that's a, if like, you could find one. Yeah, and you're talking just like a garage stall, like not like not probably no electricity and shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, yeah, no. Nah, but there's guys that all kick in on on. Uh, spots yeah. on garages and work together but yeah. you know how that goes to them and where's my ranch and where's this and you know i don't yeah. know i want my, my own garage i i've i've known a bunch of guys through the years that have like started like a collective like that and it never seems to go well <laughs> like you know what i mean like like no there's always uh there's always somebody some f- always shits the bed yeah there's always some <laughs> foolishness with them and it sucks man because you know it's always like good intention to start out with it and uh and and uh and, and it's just you know it's it sucks like you get people in a in a group situation and then everyone turns into a fucking asshole for some reason i don't get it but um just like a band <laughs> yeah yeah exactly dude exactly you know hey but fucking um you know what i've noticed too is that like you know down where Larry's shop is and everything, like just going to the block party for so many years or, or uh, and going to shows out there, like like every year I go, it's like more and more unrecognizable. Like there's less and less like like manufacturing or like warehouse area. Like it's all getting developed in that everywhere, dude, huh? Yeah, so that's, that, that money in, in Williamsburg, forget it. It's more expensive than Manhattan right now. That's fucking nuts. It really is. It's so crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, you could have bought a building there in the in the eighties for like fifty thousand bucks, whole yep. building. Yeah. That's <laughs> the same thing. Like on Mass Ave in Boston, like when you get right off the the highway and get a going into Boston off of ninety three, the uh, Mass Ave, like in the eighties, it was like a real crack area, 
And all I remember is one of my biggest regrets is one of our friend's father saying, hey, you fucking jerk off should all fucking pull your money together and buy one of these brownstones. And you could buy the brownstone, like a whole brownstone for like 50 to 80 grand. And now I don't even know that they're all going in the millions, absolute millions. This was late 80s, early 90s. And I'm like, you know, I never pot the pissing, you know, back then. Like, I, yeah, yeah. but like if I would have been more smart, like been like, you could probably buy one with like three grand down. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I yeah, just... three grand down. That's what I always say about when I bought my bike. I was like, I could have put money down on a fucking on a carriage house back then in the Lower East Side. Yeah. Oh. Fuck. Yeah. Ah, whatever. Hey, you know, like uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Like if, if we would have known yeah, back if, then. If we were if we were thinking like that back then, we wouldn't have had any fun. Yeah. Exactly. You know, basically. Yep. That's a hundred percent true. Like, you know, and I'll go, I'll go through life and like, you know, I'm not struggling, but I'm not like rich, you know what I mean? And like, I, I, I you know, like, well, in the winter I struggle, especially when they shut my tattoo shop down and that's my main source of revenue. But like, uh, you know, but whatever, um, this COVID stuff will end yeah, soon it's enough. Pretty, it's getting pretty rough right now for, for me because yeah. I can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody, there's people that have nothing right now, you know, yeah. there's, there's people like that, that lost their mother's. And and couldn't even be by them other side, you know. Yep. There's a lot, a lot of fucked up stuff happening, and people yeah. need to think about it. You know, that's the best thing to do, man. Is always put shit in perspective because, like, I, I, you know, like my shop is like. The tattoo shop will survive. My motorcycle shop is going to survive. Like I know people who have businesses that probably going to have to shut down or like, you know, like you said, or people that are losing loved ones and whatnot. So it, it's, you know, it's not, but we'll all get out of it and we'll, we'll everyone, the world will fucking continue, but it's fucking, you know, putting things in perspective always works better. Man. It's definitely going to be different again. You know, once again, after September 11th, the world would never be the same. And now it would age. The world was never going to be the same. And then, now with this, the world is never going to be the same. I mean, it's it's life. Life is, uh, you know, we we get hit with a lot of crazy shit. There's shit that we don't even know about that we're going to get hit with. I'm sure that's never going to be the same again. I have nothing. If think everything was the same every day, and we didn't have any challenges, life would get pretty fucking boring. I mean, yeah. this is uh, definitely definitely in, in, in a good respect. People are, you know, you don't hear people call each other racists anymore. Black and white people aren't pointing at each other anymore. That's like everyone's getting along. Everyone's helping each other. You know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're asking the government, "What are you doing?" The government's not asking us what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's like we're seeing what they're doing, which is not a hell of a lot. You no, know, they're not no. ready to help us. I don't feel like you much. Know, they're is... ready to kill. They're ready to kill people. They're not ready to save people. There's plenty of weapons, yeah. but not no no paper masks. No. Don't give me a break. I mean, and I think more than anything. I hope that people, and I know everyone gets tied into like, you know, people get tied into political parties and this and that. I hope more than anything, people have had the time to really see how badly the government handles situations and, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, like this was so fucking mishandled and it's not like a Republican problem or a Democrat problem. It's like a fucking government problem, dude. Like, no, it's the, it's, it's the government, the whole, yeah. it's yeah. all of their problem, yeah. you know? And, and, and it's just fucking a crazy. A long time they weren't ready for anything. They're, they're all, and they're all fucking opportunistic scumbags, dude, to me. Like, I mean, I'm sure there is good people involved in that go into things for the right reasons. But it seems like, by and large, it's like opportunistic fucking craziness, dude. I, I don't. I, that's you know. politics, bro. Yeah, it is, dude. And, and, and that's what I always tell everyone. Don't forget, it's us versus them, dude. Like, you... The, the the reason why all these politicians get away with so much is because we let them like 
we the population let them and we keep voting the same fucking idiots in that keep doing the same shit and then we all complain about the same fucking shit you know that's pretty much all we get offered is idiots though unfortunately i know i know you know and that's the thing it's like i tell people fucking if you're in a one of the parties fucking unenroll dude become independent and then fucking make everyone earn your vote like don't don't let this there's people that just vote based on whether there's a D or an R after that person's name that they're, yep, that's, that's on the it. ballot. And you can't do that. There's, the time for that is done. Like, you know, like we haven't had any competent fucking people in, in, in the presidency in a fucking while. And I don't care what anyone says. Like, you know, like, like as shady as Trump Teddy is. Roosevelt. <laughs> I think Teddy Roosevelt was the last one we had. It was, it was a real man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and even like, you know, Kennedy had some really good, qualities and, and policies that he was pushing through and and they were trying to get him to do really shady shit and he rejected it and you know he was trying to get us out of like the the central banks and back onto like a gold or silver standard and he was doing a lot of things that would have really helped the country and you know unfortunately and then they killed him yeah exactly you know what i mean <laughs> But, and then they killed him. Yeah, they got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm not even going to postulate. I don't, you know, there's this, there's so much there that with that stuff. And it's funny because the 50 year mark happened and it was, everything was supposed to get released. And then they re renewed it like, nah, the world ain't ready to hear this shit yet. Let's, let's, let's keep it locked away for, for, for more time. I, there's probably some of the motherfuckers still alive that, that were involved in, in the, in the shadiness. That's why it, it got. Yeah, they're probably still in Congress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, dude, yeah. So what do you think? That You know, it is crazy to think, though, like, our lives after this, like, are going to, no matter what, it's never going to be like it was, like, like, March 1st. You know what I mean? Like, just two months ago, like, the world was just, like, we were just kind of going on, going on, and then all this shit happened, and uh, coming out not, of it. Now everybody's going to be all paranoid and icked out. Like, stay too close yeah. to me. Get away. Yeah, get away. Oh, don't, 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 don't put that near me. Well, did you just touch me? Oh, I was gonna be, you know, you got neurotic people as it is in this world. They get all upset about words. Yeah. Now, now, now they're going to get upset about you being near them. The same yeah. kind of people. And it's like, weird. It's get weird. too close. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Don't get too close. And it's weird, man, because people are already you know, getting further apart just with all the digital shit. Everyone's more involved in a digital world than the real world. And, uh, and now what's left of physical proximity is going to be even fucking more weird. You know what I mean? Like for some people, you know, and it, it's, uh, and even if they opened up everything next week, if you played a show next week, there'd probably not be the amount of people that would normally be there. Cause there's still going to be a bunch of people that are all freaked out and fucked up and, and like, like I ain't going anywhere, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's going to take a long time if, if ever for people to start coming out again and doing what they used to do. No. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. At least I don't have to share my beer and, and Jägermeister anymore. I'm keeping it now. <laughs> so, so, so the 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 the, show, the 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 moral of the story is go see a Murphy's Law show because Jimmy's going to be even more fucked up because he ain't sharing no more and bring your own booze. Yeah, I'm not sharing. Don't don't try and get a free swig of Jägermeister. Go buy a shot. You know. Yeah, I mean? no, <laughs> no, you get you get a shot if you, if you take a shot of my Jägermeister. That's for sure. <laughs> no more germs. Yeah. Oh, you you're just gonna have to get sleeves and nips, dude, and just fucking toss those out and uh, get get that get that Jaeger fucking uh, sponsorship going again. Fucking reach out to whoever the new yeah. marketing person is. They wouldn't out. give us product, bro. We didn't, we didn't get booze. We only got like hats and shit. Oh yeah. And yeah. we gave us like merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, uh, that's better than nothing, but it's way better to have the product itself. <laughs>
Yeah, I think that's how they got mad because we started taking the shirts they were giving us and screening Murphy's Law on the other side. So then we were selling them. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, you know what, though? Um, uh, just have being an event promoter, they did. I don't know if it's a state by state or if it's a national thing. There, there did, there was some new regulations on liquor industry where they can't give liquor away like they used to be able to. So it might not be their fault. Like you know, see, it's state to state too with that. On like with me on stage, people uh, they're like, "Well, you, you know, we're not allowed to do that," or you know. Yeah. Whatever. Like you know, with PBR. Yeah. PBR used to give us like, like on the chop ahead, uh, 15th anniversary party, like PBR literally gave us like a, like 1500 beers or something. You know what I mean? Something fucking ridiculous. Like I filled the whole bed of my C10 long bed, 70 C10 long bed with it. And, uh, and, uh, after that, like it wasn't soon after that where they were like, well, we can give you money and we can give you like merchandise but we can't we're not allowed to give alcohol away anymore like we can't give you product anymore but we can give you money and then you can buy it you know what i mean and, and things like that money's but, always good <laughs> yeah yeah so hit jaeger up for some money they got money man be like look yeah well i think they one time they gave us 400 bucks for uh to buy product all right there you go we bought product. I don't know if it was the egg <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That I was like, that's probably like two or three shows worth. So you you got to be like, you got to support the whole tour. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But fuck, man. Yeah, dude. I I definitely I, I appreciate you uh, being able to take some time and talk on the phone today. Was there anything that we talked about a fucking array of things, man? And I, me and you could talk for days. And I definitely want to save some stuff for us to to do a face to face one. But is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think is important? So, nah, no. Nah, we'll we'll save it for when we sit down and we get bombed on some Tito's and talk and really and really talk. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this is this is the precursor. Yeah, this is the the foreshadowing, the precursor. Uh, the the we'll we'll get really fucked up and hammered, and then have like an, an awesome <laughs> fun podcast. This was great. I want to be on on one of the videos. Are you still doing the videos? Well, no. Um, yes, yes, and no. So, um, <laughs> well, 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 I'll explain because actually that's important, and um, we're, we're um, you know. The, the first, all the the other ones were all DVDs, you know, and they were primarily DVDs and then they got put on Amazon yeah. as, you know, so if you're bored right now, go on Amazon and just type in Chop Ahead. Our first four DVDs are on there and they're all a couple hours. So you got, got a lot of content that and you can watch. they're fucking funny, dude. They're yeah. great. You guys did a great job on Yeah. But that was like, those were filmed like between 2003 and 2014. Um but we are doing a thing called Chop Ahead TV now where it's uh, the same thing but more like 25-minute episodes. And uh, it, yeah. it'll, it'll be up on Amazon and, and other streaming type of things soon. We're, we actually just kind of – the editing is almost finished right now for the first five episodes. And uh, and then they'll be submitted. I don't know how long it takes because I think they got to get subtitled and all that shit before they can go out. Um but uh, but that is coming soon. So I definitely will definitely film, and and then uh, I do plan to do video on the podcast as well soon. So um, we will, uh, you know, Look at we, me. I'm promoting you on this. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I mean is, like, so when you come in next time, we'll we'll have video component to it as well. Um, but yeah, let's do it for sure. Yeah, and so enough of uh, enough of me. But now let's talk about you. I mean, you got a new Murphy's Law <laughs> record coming out. Um, when when are you expecting that? Uh, when are you expecting to have that uh, wrapped up? I, I don't know. You, you can't say anything. When are we going to be able to go out? I, yeah. I can't go into a studio. 
Well, you dude, know, it's, you, it's like, you're behind the times, man. You just got to go buy a microphone and get get some software and record it in your room. <laughs> no, I, I'm not that good. You, you want you want my vocals to sound right, man. And I need and I make so many mistakes. I need I need guys to punch in all the time, so all the fuck ups. Yeah, no, I hear. Uh, basically, basically about. Two weeks after a bar opens, I'll be getting ready to go to the studio. Fuck yeah, man! <laughs> Fuck yeah! And are you? Are you? Are and you, and, uh, and I'm doing a bobblehead. This uh, this company Throbblehead is doing a bobblehead of me. Oh fuck yeah, man! <laughs> Did, when is that coming out? I just approved the design, <laughs> and uh, and that guy Craig. Oh, I just dropped you there. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, did I lose you? Hang nope. On. Nope. You, I'm mopping my floor while I'm doing this. Oh no, you were talking um, about the bobblehead. The, the guy, uh, Craig Holloway, Craig Holloway did the art for it. The guy who does a lot of like, cool hardcore uh, graphics for bands. Oh yeah, yeah. So it should be. And the company, the company that did uh, the Gigi Allen uh, bobblehead and all that stuff. Oh so they, fuck they yeah, do pretty good characters. Awesome, dude. Let me know when that's yeah. out. I want to grab one for my desk. <laughs> for sure. Oh, oh, we'll have one on. We'll have one on the. Uh, I'll, I'll, and when I have the video on the podcast, I'll always have it out here so we can uh, we can refer to the Jimmy Bobblehead for <laughs> for certain questions. Um, the Bobblehead Report. The Bobblehead Report. <laughs> well, I'll have to have you call in, and then we'll just shoot the video of the Bobblehead spin like like with its head bobbling, and you can talk. <laughs> Pretty, pretty much how it works in real life, anyway. Yeah. Well, well, hey, one thing that's cool with, with that you do is you like your your live action uh, tour reports. Whenever you guys are out on the road, you always kind of do your uh, the Jimmy Gestapo tour updates. That's that's uh that's always something to look forward to. People do enjoy the van report, so I, I, I did a couple during uh, the virus, but I kind of been out of the mix after my mom wound up with it, and I just look, kind of took the wind out of my sails. Just been dealing with that sure, yeah. headache right now. Yeah. But like you said, she's she's doing good and is all recovered and everything. She's recovered from that, but you know she's seventy four. She still made this Charlie Harper from New York subs, but in a lot worse health. And yeah. uh, they tried to send her home from a rehab, and she was not re- rehabilitated, so she had to go right back to the hospital. And the hospital's like, why did they? You know, just my mom's in bad shape, and, and the medical, you know, me- me- medical is not good in America. So there's no for senior citizens; they don't get treated well here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. At the house, watching my mom get knocked around by the by uh, by medical companies and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and on top of it, everyone's so fucking up in arms about COVID. Like they're trying to not to do anything other than that right now. It's fucking nuts, unless they absolutely yeah, have yeah. to. Yeah, so I get it. But um, so we got a new Murphy's Law record coming. Uh, it's in it's in the works. Hopefully, within the next year, it'll be out. Um, what else you got going on, man? Just uh, the Sky Record, and uh, and we're doing. But th- that was the thing was the Sky Record was going to be a ten inch, so we're going to do try to do a gatefold, and the other the record on the gatefold, the other record is going to be all band names. So it's going to look like a, a show flyer with a shitload of bands, but all the songs are going to be there's going to be Agnostic Front. There's going to be a song. Think of it all. It's going to be a song. And I don't know if it's going to definitely be making poke fun at everybody and having yeah. fun with everybody's names, but. It's it's a different concept that no one's done before. So I'm oh, not fuck do yeah, that. fuck yeah, man, no. yeah. So so look out. They got Murphy's Law has a new album coming out and a new side project Sky Record coming out and a new thing where they're making fun of hardcore bands. So do you want to see a concept? The concept record. <laughs> the concept record of uh, of making fun of their friends. So you want to you want to look for that. 
Um, what else you got cooking, man? Anything else going on? That, I mean, besides that, that's it, bro. Just trying to find a, a good deal on fucking ramen noodles right now because uh, we're running <laughs> out of cash over here at the fucking uh, at the Jimmy House. <laughs> fucking, you gotta you gotta print up some uh, fucking COVID uh, Murphy's Law merch or some shit, dude. And fucking uh, we did. We uh, we have uh, masks on uh, on Rockshop, but they're too fucking expensive. The company that makes them charges like a fortune to make them. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest buying them yet. Well, I know that we'll find a better company. I know that um, um, was it Dead City sells a lot of your merch. So if you're looking for some Murphy's Law merch, what is it Dead City Records? Yeah, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Big John from No Redeeming Social Value. He yep. has, has, uh, yeah, Dead City, Dead City merch. Yep. So check it out. Go go over there. Buy some Murphy's Law merch. There's a lot of cool designs, like throwback designs, new designs. Fucking, uh, I. Uh, I always check out what, what he's got going on over there because he's got a lot of cool bands. But go buy uh, some Murphy's Law merch and support and uh, download some records or go buy uh, buy some uh, Murphy's Law shit and fucking support in this buy time of need. Buy some shit. Yeah. So, all you motherfuckers that are state workers that are getting like paid vacations, spread some of that fucking money around to everyone that's not so fortunate. Or if, you, or if you're lucky enough to work for a company that just tell you to stay home and quote unquote work from home and you work for two hours and still collect a full check, fucking spread some of that money around. Or if you're getting unemployment or you get that $600 a week bonus and you're making more than you did when you actually worked at the job, spread some of that fucking money around. Go buy some Murphy's Law merch and go. fucking help dudes that can't work out that want to work you know buy that, some stuff buy some stuff you know um so if someone wants to get in touch with you uh what's if you uh you want to give out some websites and uh instagram addresses they, and they, stuff everybody can just hit me up on on my facebook page that's pretty much it yeah. no, no, there's no web, no more website shit website or that you go to facebook you go to you go to uh Instagram. I, I, I post a lot of pictures on Instagram and then the Facebook for Murphy's Law is just the Murphy's Law Facebook and then there's my personal page. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the best way to reach out though. And it's uh, at Murphy's Law NYC, right? On uh, Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, fuck okay. yeah, dude. I want to thank you for, for uh, taking the time today to talk to us. Um, and we will fucking do this again soon and uh but it'll be in person when uh when we're when we're allowed to uh to do all that again um i gotta read a couple things here and you know some of these people so feel free to chime in if you want i just gotta do uh read cool. a couple of things for our sponsors uh first off i want to thank chop cult for uh for sponsoring the podcast and if you're not familiar with chop cult they're a news resource and social network dedicated to chopper guys and gals and bike riders and motorbiking and stuff like that so just go to chopcult.com. They got weekly features. It's like a blog. They got a message board. They got a classified section. Um, it's just a, a, a big fucking motorcycle forum, and it's free to join. So it's a, go to chopcult.com. You can sign up. It's free. They don't ask you credit card or any of that sketchy shit. And, uh, and uh, you can also follow them online um, on all the social medias at chopcult. Um, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all that shit. Also, check out our boys, Omerta. They have a clothing company uh, based out of L.A. And, uh, you know, in these times where everyone's ratting out their neighbors and stuff, it's more important than ever to buy the uh, Stop Glorifying Rats shirt or the uh, Mind Your Business shirt. I know they got a Madball collaboration shirt. Um, we did a Chophead one with them a couple years ago. I think Noise is doing one. We need the Murphy's Law Omerta shirt. Um, so we gotta do one, yeah. Yeah, hit up Chris or Mick, dude, and get that fucking going. Um, but the, they they screen a lot of their shit on American Made Apparel. 
Um, they got t-shirts, they got fucking socks, they got all kinds of shit. Windbreakers, fucking hoodies, fucking so uh, pomade, fucking all kinds of shit. Uh, but these dudes are like, real deal, it's not a couple of jamokes that came in trying to capitalize off a of subculture. These dudes have uh, been part of our world for a long time, and they're uh, friends. And, and, and uh, Dirty Mix of that too, support, support a vet. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you can find them at uh, amertamia.com. Uh, they also just launched a new app this week. So you can go to, uh, if you go to, uh, you know, wherever you download your apps for Apple or Android and just uh, the app store and look up Omerta, O-M-E-R-T-A, you can get their app. Um, you can uh, see them on Instagram at Omerta Mia. It's O-M-E-R-T-A-M-I-A -A, for those of you that aren't Italian and need to know how to spell that. Um, hey. Hey, oh. And, hey. uh and, and you know, here's the here's the other good thing. If you uh when you check out, put in the the fucking promo code Big Truth. Just put in Big Truth and you will get twenty percent off your order. So how can you fucking wow, say Did you ever think it'd be a promo code? I know. I, I I'm I, every day I fucking wake up and be like you know, I put on my pants and fucking get ready for the day and be I'm like I'm a promo code, bro. I'm a, I'm a fucking promo code. So I, you know, today's gonna be a good day. <laughs> People can use my name to get free fucking shit from Omerta. If you, and it's like, and not only that, well, let's do the math here. If you spend a thousand dollars worth, if you buy a thousand dollars worth of shit, two hundred of that is going to be free. So you don't spend eighty eight eight hundred bucks. If you buy a hundred, what you save, you can buy Murphy's Law stuff with. There and then, you go. Yeah, and then go over to Murph, uh, go 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 over to uh, Dead City Merch or or uh, go contact Jimmy and fucking. Have them have Jimmy. I'm on the I'm on the page right now. It's got they got a lot of cool shit. The socks are great. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, and then you know definitely buy some Murphy's Law merch with that money you save, or go to Chophead.com and buy a T-shirt from me. You know, but but buy buy one from Murphy's Law first. You know, you got to support these bands. Like Jimmy's a lifelong fucking hardcore punk rock kid and a musician. He's a this band's been around since the early '80s. Fucking instrumental pivotal band. These are the this is the band that like influenced all these fucking countless new bands and fucking, you know, in the world, you know, I can't even fucking imagine how many people like got into fucking hardcore punk through Murphy's all dude. Like, you, you know, you guys have been on the forefront for a long time and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. Like, you know, I really do respect you as a fucking person that's been around Thank for a long time and a fucking pioneer, man. And, and, and like I said, not only that, you're a good time guy, but you're, you're verbally and fucking physically outspoken about protecting our scene, dude. And, and, and that means so much to me because like, you know, like a lot of people, like you said, just whatever, dude, like that, you know, people are worried about brownie points or whatever, and not just fucking saying it like it is, dude. And, and, and I'm glad you're a voice that does that. Cause especially cause people aren't expecting that from you. Cause you're always just like a good time guy, you know, and be, but when all of a sudden they're like, you're like, no, fuck you. That's wrong. It's so fucking good, dude. I, <laughs> Oh, what's a fence walker shirt don't be a fence walker don't be a fucking fence walker man fucking you're in this or you're not dude and 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 and, and, that, and that's it um but yeah also if you if you got the time or the energy of the moxie check out chopahead.com it's it, i have a bike shop we've we've been around since uh, 2001 we do uh full service we do repair we do custom build so like i said anything from an oil change to a full custom chopper we'll do it um 
new bikes, old bikes, whatever, man. Um, we specialize in, in Harley. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, if you come in needing massive motor work on your Honda Rebel, we're probably not the shop for you. But, you know, if you if you have a fucking <laughs> any V-twin we're, we're into. And it's, it's not it's just literally not set up to work on a lot of the Japanese bikes are different. You know, we'll do your oil change and we'll do tires for you, but we, we don't get it deep into the motor work and stuff but we also have apparel we got parts we got our kevlar line de- defender gloves that are 100 percent made in the usa out of deerskin leather lined with kevlar um so i have them yeah i know i know i know you've had two pairs right <laughs> yeah i lost a pair of taxi god it yeah yeah and you know so they're abrasion cut and stab resistant you know like uh so they will help you if you go down on your bike and it not Nothing. I don't. I don't want anyone to go down on a bike, but I do like hearing. It. I, there's been so many stories through the years of people being like, "Man, I had those gloves on. Thank you. They fucking really saved my fucking palms." I'll get pictures from people and be like, "Look, dude." Like, and, and so uh, uh, it, it really helps. Like, uh, so uh, if you're riding around, especially in these days when everyone's a fucking distracted, fucking retired, fucking posting pictures and selfies on Instagram while they're driving. Um, you should, you should protect yourself out on the roads, man. You know, wear a full face helmet and fucking, you know, wear some good gear because, uh, it's crazier now than it's ever been. I, I hear more and more about so many people fucking getting in accidents or going down or getting fucking rear ended at stoplights or fucking all kinds of stupid shit, man. So protect yourself. Um, and last but not least, you can check out the, uh, the website for the, uh, for the show here. It's bigtruthpodcast.com. Um, so uh, again, Jimmy, thanks for coming on. I can't wait to do this face to face. And uh, thank you, too. I love you, brother. Thank I you. love you too, bro. I, I will talk to you soon. Everyone, thank you for listening and supporting. Have a good day.